I'm recording now. I did get your clips. Are I you? think we need to talk about it. Are we on there? Yes. Okay. Hold on. I'm still unzipping. That's okay. I can set it up. Because this is live skills after dark. So what? What I? Hold on. I'm doing ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I think we should play the full six-minute clip. I have play the full six one, two, three, four, five texts. Uh-huh. The journey of the text. <laughs> well, none, I was, of, I, none of them are short. <laughs> and I want, I want the listener to note the thing that Alex said just now. Here's the first line of the first text. I, uh, six minutes probably too long. I know this is a long clip as is, but I'm thinking up to minute 338 is worth it. Minute 338, do you want me to go from one minute to 338 or minute 338? But like, if you're, if you, all you want to say is 338, why wouldn't you just say 338? I think that is what all I wanted to say, and I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and just, uh, but the, so, so you, no, you're wait, starting I think I'm out. At one minute mark to 338 because there's like establishing stuff. Maybe. I, I Actually, I'm not sure about that. Uh, so we're, we're starting out with, uh, just agreeing that it's too long. You just want till three thirty. Well, that was me yesterday, dude. That's not me today. But well, let's do the timestamp on this. It's <laughs> six, at uh, five seventeen. You said uh, it's too long. Five nineteen. Uh, <laughs> think three thirty eight to five flat should be a separate clip. Agree. Yeah, at the time I thought that. Okay. Then so there's, then um, there's another text that's kind of that's still related, but that's five nineteen. Five twenty two. Fuck. I need three clips. Dude. <laughs> And then you walk in here and you're Full like, clip. we got to, and Hey, you know what, dude? I knew that's what's going to happen. Did I've got really? the whole thing. Oh, awesome. Dude. I knew you were just going to like, Fuck it's obvious yeah, from the progression. Well, I was that you were waiting to you give yourself time. permission. No, to, I was texting you in real time. I know. Cause I, I pulled it up on YouTube. Uh, and I was like, this is six minutes. He won't do it. So I was like, all right, just get the gist. And so I got to three thirty three. It's not my like, professional recommendation, but it's your podcast too. I will do it. <laughs> Well, dude, it's fucking an odd. Did you watch the clip? I did. Yeah, it's incredible to roll it in. It's like I watched it. I do like it. I'm glad that we are including it in this because I think it's 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 what we really like. You know, it's fucking giving us something to really chew on. Definitely, it's great stuff. Yeah. I totally understood why it's not in the show. Uh, the episode's a lot better the way they shot it than if they'd included all this shit. Yeah, like yeah, watching yeah, yeah. it from well, this, and then then once I rolled that in, I was like, "Well, I do still want to get stuff from the episode. I'm just going to start the episode." And so, like, I watched it immediately back to back, and I was like, "This other one's way better." Like the way they do it in the show, it's yeah, much yeah, better. Yeah. I see what you mean, but uh, and I agree. But I think part of that is because they know that their audience is godless heathen liberals like you. Uh, and your ilk. That's not true. Uh, no, but obviously the audience of HBO, are you kidding me? Even the people that have to approve scripts at HBO. I've been probably. to two services in the last week. Really? I mean, it's because my grandpa died, but yeah. Oh, RIP, dude. My fault. <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't mean it like that. Dude, I was that not trying 9/11 to. Uh, shit in the funeral home was so funny. You like RIP to your grandpa, but that shit was so funny. <laughs> I couldn't dude. believe it, dude. The Saxy funeral home had the little figurine of dude, the two towers. I'm putting it in my will that I want to be buried there now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it seems like they have some room. Yeah. Good, if you need. Good. Uh, is it in Plano? No, Saxy. Whoa, that's like a town? Yeah, yeah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Thought it was like their name. Welcome to Texas, dude. Okay, okay. Uh, Henry's from Saxy, my Respect. dog. Yeah, yeah. What's up with the cone, dude? 
He's got a cone right now. He just, uh, any of these like light haired beagles, uh, always got like mad allergies. Yeah. And, uh, he'll open up hot spots where Damn. like he'll just itches like Damn. fur off and stuff. Damn. And he, he's not there, but he's, he was trying very hard to get there. So I thought so we would you stop just have it the cone on deck. Then. You just get it out From of the From past incidents. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I tried to treat it with Benadryl first, but, wow. uh, For, they let you do that? Ineffective. Like, is that like, yeah, they, they told us. Or, okay. Yeah, they were like, "Yeah, just give him some Benadryl." Yeah, yeah. but uh, that worked for a while, and then then I saw him scratching hard five minutes after he had. The, I mean, I guess it takes a little bit for the Benadryl to kick in, but I had given him a Benadryl recently, and for several hours after that, he was still scratching. I was like, "Sorry, dude. Damn, we're just gonna have to cone it until this uh, till this passes." I feel bad for making fun of him. I called him Conehead. No, nah, that's okay. He he seems resigned to his fate for now yeah the cone is in many ways the locked room of this episode okay of- i don't know <laughs> i think it's a bit I, of a stretch okay so the clip is awesome mm-hmm. it is six minutes long i'm not saying we got to play it right now i just watched it so that i mean be, why not uh i, I mean like it's a good starting point good good starting point you think? i think so all right i don't figure that it's the the, the way this breaks down that we're gonna be able to spend a lot of time talking about the last 45 minutes of the episode because of this clip just there's so yeah, much even if this clip too. didn't exist like just the what, we have to there's a lot that happens in this episode dude. i'm not complaining at all let's not play the clip yet if it comes up it comes up let's, let's it's up right now just play the clip dude it's six minutes long dude I'm aware of that. All right, all right. Let's but they, to, so that everyone understands what we're doing, it's a it's a deleted scene. Yeah, yeah, and it's the only deleted scene so far on the Blu-rays. Okay, like of the first three episodes, it's the only one they've included. They don't have a director's commentary, which most they don't have any commentary, which almost all HBO Blu-rays do, in my experience. So I think they are being deliberate about what they include. And so when you were like, "It's better without it," I'm like, "Yes," but officially the package that is true detective season one does not include it except when i purchased it it did you know what i mean yeah no i i, I think that the way that they're deploying this is good i of think it's like great. The, the, the good you know it's good storytelling to like do it the way that they do it in the episode but they did ruminate on this and if you want to do a podcast where you take four fucking hours to break down every episode like here's something that is like it is germane you know Definitely. like it's it's absolutely capturing you know like the viewpoint of the people making the show I think right so, yeah um and mine <laughs> at times though because well, you, I you were it breaking again. it up in different parts no, i know you but liked I, some of it and didn't when i like watched others. it today i was like i didn't even remember i didn't have timestamps because like i watched it on youtube when i sent it to you mm-hmm and then I, I pulled it up on the Blu-ray just to see if and it was. I was like, I bet that's the one deleted scene. Because, uh, you know, on the menu, I was like, don't watch them yet. You know, keep it. Because um, I just saw on the Reddit, like, when I was looking up, trying to confirm the yearbook screenshots that I was looking at. Uh, what were the yearbook screenshots? You were, like, this, are you jumping ahead of episodes again? I think I'm jumping back an episode. No, we haven't had yearbooks. Yeah, we definitely had a yearbook. When? He's the light, the way of light, the light of the way yearbook. They're, they got it. They get it from uh, mm-hmm. Olivier's grandfather, Marie Olivier, in this episode. In this episode. Okay. Jeremy Sheen, don't drown? Yeah. That guy. Yeah, okay. He, in the box, he says there's a yearbook. Okay. And Russ flips through it at the end. And you 
paused it and yeah bro you okay, watched yeah. my instagram story this weekend didn't I you i did i did what I do did. you think all that shit was yeah no that, that's what i'm asking oh yeah that's what that was yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that was me getting ready for this right cool, now cool, cool, i cool. live for this shit <laughs> me too man <laughs> let's play this clip all right you were as blind to him as your footprints in the ashes but he saw you beneath every disguise every gesture false so true every silent resentment he saw you in those dark corners. He heard you. Oh, my brothers, he heard those thoughts. Now, I'm here today to talk to you about reality. I'm here to tell you about what you already know. That this, oh, this is not real. It is merely the limitation of our senses, which are meager devices. Your angers and your griefs and your separations are a fevered hallucination, once suffered by us all, we prisoners of light and matter. And there we all are, our faces pressed to the bars, looking out, looking up, Asking the question, begging the question, are you there? Would that we had ears to hear, because every moment, every now, is an answer. Every beat of every heart, every second of every minute, every minute of every hour, every hour of every day is an answer. And the answer is yes. 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 Listen, your sorrows pin you to this place. They divide you from what your heart knows. And there are a lot of good hearts out there. I'm looking out there and I'm seeing a lot of good hearts out there. And we bandage our soft selves in hardness and anger. You are a stranger to yourself and yet he knows you. And when your hard heart made you like unto the stone and broke you from his body, which is the stars and the wind between the stars, he knew you. He knew you yet and forever. Because I ask you, how could the father forget his children? How could the world forget itself? Doesn't matter that the children do not understand what they are. Doesn't matter that the world thinks there's many different things rather than one, him. Doesn't matter. My sad and joyous and frightened and courageous brothers and sisters, I want you to do something for me. I want you to, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to close your eyes and let your chest swell as his lungs. Feel his portion in us, in each other. Every single one of you sitting here today, each other. And I want you to listen for that answer. If ever your sorrow becomes such a burden that you forget yourself, forget this world, I want you to remember this truth. This is indelible as the sun in the sky and the ground beneath your feet. This world is a veil and the face you wear is not your own. Amen. The shape of our true face is not yet known to us. 
And so I press my eyes to the bars and I look out and I look up and I ask the question. No, I beg the question. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, your arms open and close. The echoes of my life can never contain a single truth about you. You move the feather in the ash. You touch the leaf with his flame. You lent your soul to an infinity of a time of creation. And of it, I am less than a, than a drop in the ocean. So how then can I know sorrow? How then can I know despair? Does the rain know sorrow? Does the, does the, does the, does the grass and the mountains, those beautiful mountains, know despair? Such is not his province, and so not be our purpose. Be in him, of him, and then no peace. That is his gift to us, our birthright. In the end, we will find ourselves at the beginning and will at last know ourselves and our true faces will weep in his light. And those tears, those tears will feel like a warm rain. Amen. 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 Thank you for keeping the amens. Yeah, well, not all of them. Saw your hand go on the mouse. I just knew it was about to be done. I knew I'd fade it out. I mean, they do it for a while. You know, you flip samples nice, dude. You're an engineer. What does that mean to you? I just feel like, well, dude, it works, man. It's there's a lot to you could go line by line, dude. Line. I wish I had the text. I do want to kind of pull the text up in front of me. Okay. I almost want to refer to it. I don't know where. Do I, you have the text? No, but I'm sure you can Google it, right? There's, a deleted scene. Yeah, these people are psycho, dude. Anytime I like forget a line of dialogue, like when I was looking at my notes, like because I was writing them down as I was watching, and I, I'll be like, oh, I forgot to write down what he actually said. I don't want some nerd mad at me for paraphrasing just you start googling the beginning it comes up this the people have uh you know really analyzed the show quite a bit yet not like this no one noticed the fucking joker reference i'm pretty sure remind me i know you talked so about in the it, yearbook but, uh-huh. they don't have the word why but there's like in oh the, yeah, in yeah, the yeah, bottom yeah. corner yeah. where like all the kids are writing there you know see you next year so although they're not saying that there's it, it's like a half of an HY so serious question mark. It's like, come on, dude. That's an obvious Joker reference. Yeah. Don't you yeah. think? It has to. Of course. Be. I couldn't believe no one had seen that, dude. You know, we're, we're really breaking ground on this podcast. I think you're right. I think this is probably going to end up being the go-to analysis of True Detective historically. You know, I mean, I, I, I would like to live in a world where uh, there's just a lot of them that are all on this level and we're all intermingling as a community. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Make us, actually, I want to be obsolete. 
Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The, the, the next, I want to hear better ones. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Yeah, for sure. But as far as what it means to me, I mean, there's there's so much. But I, I think an interesting thing, to, to like an angle to approach it, take away the Jesus stuff. I mean, I know that's all of it, according to some people, but not really. He only mentions Jesus a few times. Um, and it's mostly in the sense as a vessel for the one, the universe, the all, the everything to particularize itself into a portion of itself. And so I don't agree with all of it. Like when he says, how can the world forget itself? How can I know sorrow? I know that I've forgotten who and what I am uh, as a child of God in my own life. And I've known sorrow and despair. So I don't have to question how can I know it? I mean, I get the point he's making. You know, there's a way to sort of transcend it when you think of yourself as part of a bigger system, AKA as part of this kingdom of God. Um, but I think, you know, and it's not the, this isn't the last time we see this preacher in the show. Uh, and in the visual clip at the end, I did detect like a little bit, I don't know if it was a note of questioning or just he's, he's, he is begging the questions that he's begging and he's still struggling with them. But these, these are the answers when he feels that he, you know what I mean? When he does feel connected, this is what gets him there, I think. Um, but really what's interesting to me is when you do talk about the way the, the show actually plays it when it airs, some of those clips, you know, they float them in and out and, yeah. and they're good. They're, it's well done. Uh, but it's mostly uh, almost like background noise for Rust's soliloquy, or I guess it's a dialogue, but it's mostly Rust pontificating about how how much better he is than all of these people in the congregation. Uh, and I have some of that for whenever we get to it, but you know, I don't feel like we're there yet. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, but I also found it. So, so when he is talking about that, I mean, there's a lot with Russ's monologues as well. Um, but he's basically like these people, they just have a yen for stories. They need, you know, they can't face reality or whatever. And he's up there saying like, none of this is real. And when he's saying like in the, in the clip, sorry, Henry, uh, he's knocking on a speaker for the listener. Mm -hmm. He's like saying, like knocking on things and saying none of this is real, which is just what physicists tell us. I mean, everything he's saying, except for Jesus Christ is the son of God, the way and the truth of the life is basically de rigueur. We're not a, like not new age people who identify as new age people, but the way we're all kind of in this kind of new agey milieu where if you went to college, you now have to know what breath work is. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I didn't finish, but I don't know what breath work is. Yeah, you do, dude. You know on about breath work, dude. We've talked about it at length on this podcast. Have you not noticed, like, everyone on LinkedIn? I'm sure you know in your interactions with the business community and and the, you know, the self help, you know, everything. It's like breath work, awareness, meditation. You know, that's like the the common prescription for like secular self help, right? Okay. Be aware that this is all an illusion that your brain's making up, you know, stories I mean, I guess I know you. what you're talking about. I'd never heard it called breath work before. It, yeah. I mean, so I guess I stand corrected because you're a very informed guy. You're <laughs> way more. No, you are. You're way <laughs> more online than I am. Uh, maybe I just roll. Dude, I'll Instagram accept that. true. Definitely thinks I'm gay and maybe a woman for sure. I've like realized from my suggested posts and I think it's because I follow so many breath work related. They accounts. just think I dress good. They're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. You got what? So who's, who's serving you up ads on Instagram? Uh, it's, it's a lot. Like it's definitely all clothing. Uh, I've most gotten of prep it's ads. sports related, but not all of it. What have you gotten? Like the HIV medication ads. 
<laughs> okay. Which I do not have. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's okay. No, but if you do, you don't have I'm to glad that there's prep. Uh, no, I'm just saying, like, uh, the ad was phrased as, uh, in a way that was like, they think that I'm uh, having sex with men. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh, Ooh, this one's, uh, I just, to get some examples, I open this up and what do I see here? But a podcasting equipment package from Amazon. That. Look at that. What Maybe kind of I mic is that? I do need one of those. I guarantee Is that, that an Amazon sucks. branded mic? It has to be. I can't see what it says. I'm wearing an Amazon t-shirt right but now. But this, I can tell you this mic fucking blows. Yeah, I mean, it's no Yeti. That's right. And certainly no Rode podcaster. What's that? Is that what this is? Yeah. You got new mics? No, I've had these for years. I thought you had blue Yetis. I own a blue Yeti, but that's not what these are. Okay. I cool. mean, I, I do podcasts, of course. I got two of them, dude. Yeah, yeah. Got right. doubles. Two blue Yetis. Might have to get triples. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Should I get some instead of those headphone mics? No. Those things are getting old, man. The, the ear pain is killing me. Uh, Just like, what would you do, though? You're going to hold the mic the whole time? You're going to set up little tables over by that thing? Right. That's why those headset mics are great. That's a good point. Because you don't have to have, like, an arm. And, it's a great yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. You got to be right, pretty right, committed right, to podcasting right. to move to anything else, in my you're opinion. Right, you're right. You're right. Um, yeah, but anyway, I just think it's ironic, like, a lot of the HBO audience is agreeing with Rust watching this. But the guy is actually saying basically what, you know, the general culture believes. The main thing that I, that jumped out to me um, is that the words they're putting in his mouth, I think, tip that the show doesn't agree with Rust. For sure. Like, it would be very easy for uh, Pizzolatto to, like, go up and, uh, you know, have, like, a very Creflo dollar, like, more nakedly greedy. Yeah. Like, if you're trying to make a caricature of how re- bad religion is, yeah, just you Uncle, would not have Uncle him. Baby Billy, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I listen to the whole thing and I'm like, yes, I, I am trying to find meaning. And I do think the message is being sent in every beat of every art. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I agree with him on what the message is. But like I, I'm with him up till there, and he might be right. You know, like so. I, I don't think that they're making him like you know they're doing enough with like Russ obviously sneering at him. Yeah. But like uh, I, I don't. It's not like the show is arranging everything so that it's obvious that Rust is correct. I would say no. that I leave it being like. Boy, it kind of seems like there's some things here that he could benefit from that he's closing yeah, yeah. himself off to. And I hope he goes on a journey where he opens up eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a rare moment where you're like, yeah, Marty's got rust. You know what I mean? Like, Yes and no. I, I mean, mean, if not you want to play like the clip the now. I, I don't know what clips you have. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. But I I figure you, have, you asked me to play a six-minute clip. I think you have more to say about it, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I wanted it. I think it informs kind of the whole discussion. So I am glad we played it. I don't have, like, remarks fully prepared on it because I didn't think you were going to do this. Uh, but I just think it's useful. If you didn't fast-forward through it as a listener, good job. And if you did, I would go back and listen to it. <laughs> okay, uh, come on. I, no, I think it's, a, it's just a useful reference point throughout the show. Uh, that really does sum up a lot of things that we've kind of been like touching back and forth on. And the main thing I would talk about now is I think in, in just life, dude, in, in maybe, maybe not in other cultures, but in Western life in, you know, since Christianity, if not before, there's like this theme of separation and alienation and feeling cut off from the whole. And how do we get back there? And you can describe it so many ways, like the separation of the head and the heart 
the brain and the body, you know, like the, and I mean, the, Russ the mind and the obviously soul. Obviously talks about it in the previous episode. I, I'm nodding as if I know what you're talking about, and I'm sure he did, but just the the like it, he references the Bible verse that he saw in the North Shore Psychiatric Hospital right. of uh, why he would chose to be a homicide detective, like, wanting uh, to stay connected to the body. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, and I think, like he read that thing about how we're all one body, and he's like, man, barely, and like it scared him, right? I I think so. Or like even something that's a message of clear well, confirmation. Did, did it scare of his, him? I don't think. Oh, oh, well. To me, the parts of the body that he's scared of are the good parts. What do you mean? Like he and Marty are kind of like inverse of each other in that regard. Like for Rust, Rust was more scared of being a normal person and getting back to life than he was of rolling in in, in the high intensity drug trafficking area. Like behaviorally, if yeah. you look at what he chose to and do. I, I feel that, dude. Like, I'm, yeah. I, if If you're able to have your kid die and then you go lead a normal life wouldn't in some ways you be consumed with the guilt that your kid didn't mean enough to you no i wouldn't i would but uh no there's dude, definitely dude, a sense of like beat myself up over not having an emotional reaction that other people think i should have or that society has told me i have because my feelings are mine and so if i'm not feeling sad because of a sad thing and I know that other people would be, that's something for me to think about, but it's not something for me to, I'm not gnawed like, by the sense that other people would be, but I, I, I don't feel I would guilt say for like, not what, feeling emotions. But it's just like it. a, okay, if I, but I'm just saying like, it, it would seem to my, I'm not interacting with this on the level, like you're responding to it as if the thing is like, uh, the point I'm making is, wouldn't it be bad to not be like other people? That's not at all what I'm saying. Not, I'm saying that I'm what you have my misunderstanding of you misunderstood, okay. but I agree that I might've misunderstood you. Uh, just that like, uh, the significance of the chat, like I would, I would want to be fucking sufficiently devastated by something like that, that I wouldn't want to like recover from it because if I could, it would be, uh, I don't know. Like it just, it would, it would rob the significance from the event. That's the only like significant thing that ever happened in my life. And at that point, you know what I mean? No, it's very relatable. It's just not, I don't think, I mean, I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast. I don't mind talking about it. Uh, you know, my wife and I, before we had the baby that we had, we had a miscarriage. Yeah. And I was sad, but I I didn't cry until like four weeks later. And sure. when I did, it was because someone very close to me that I, I didn't know, you know, told me that she had also had one. And it's it just broke me, just that moment of connection. Uh, and I literally like my knees buckled. And so, but I had to work the day we found out. Like I had a, a discovery fight like with another lawyer that was supposed to take like a 30 minute call. It took like two and a half hours. Cause he was probably, I was also being a dickhead. Uh, and I had to go to the doctor, find out that we had just had a miscarriage, like, you know, put ourselves back together in the parking lot and then go continue that phone call. You know what I mean? And that Jesus. was a really clarifying moment for me because that's when I knew you know, work is work. I don't like, like the work is family stuff, but I was, I didn't, I was like, I can't tell anyone this here. Like, I just didn't, it, I didn't want to. And that's when I, yeah. I've started to realize I really had to, you know, things had to change. Yeah. Um, 
But it's like, that's what I had to do to get through that. Like my brain delays emotions a lot. I think a lot of people's does. And I think Russ is like a very slow release, like on the show. And so, I mean, I don't know how we got started on this, but I'm just saying like, I don't know. I probably just like. We were talking about Russ being you, afraid you of the You said a general thing and I immediately was like, well, my situation's different and like asserted that. I think that's what it was. Like I, I made it more personal than you were saying. Uh, I think that's true. Also, I like it's got obvious parallels. I'm not sure it's the exact same experience. I don't think that you're oh, saying it's no, <laughs> Thank yeah. God. Um, but I'm just saying, like, uh, basically, like if, to the original first question: If your kid died, God forbid, and you then went on and had a kid, would you feel guilt? Or if you had a kid right away, would you feel guilty? Not had a kid, to, just or just moved on at all. It didn't like didn't behave in the way he behaved like we're talking i i mean i guess you're the one that brought up that rust is uh scared of the good parts in the way that marty's scared of the bad parts i was trying to you know uh add some to that point if, if yeah, you yeah. you know fault, have uh i, I guess I, I guess it leaves it, it begs the question what what is why do you think that uh What's your theory for why Rust is scared of the good parts the way Marty's scared of the bad parts? Oh, I think he's, dude, I mean, for one thing, he's edgy and raw boned. Like, all of his life, he's sensitive. We're learning more and more about it. We learn about his synesthesia mm-hmm. uh, in this episode. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying I'm Russ Cole. Obviously, I'm record. I'm on record. I'm Steven Dorff in season three. Uh, but I do, I'm sensitive in, in some ways. And uh, I think you are too. I think a lot of kids at Excel were, and the world can kind of like you, you get some scars from it, man. They, they fuck with you. And, you know, we don't know much about Russ's backstory, except that he, whatever his relationship with his mother was, uh, was not, not one that makes him care whether or not she's alive uh, as an adult. Uh, he does seem to have had a good relationship with his father, uh, you know, at, at least what the show gives us. Um, he lived in Alaska for the first 17 years. You think of his he had life. a good relationship with his father? Well, he had more of one, I think. Like Marty talks about it. He said, and I don't want to jump ahead episodes, but yeah, I, it, it doesn't seem like it was bad. Okay. Um, but I'm just saying, like, actually, there's a good line in this book or in this episode when Maggie, to skip way ahead, when she's like, girls always know first because mm-hmm. uh, they have to. And immediately again, like not to get, you know, make everything about myself. I was like, also boys who get molested also know earlier. Like it's just true. And I'm not saying Russ got molested, but uh, like he learned about the dark side of the world early. And that in many cases makes you close yourself off entirely, just like the, the minister is saying. Like you, you, you encase your soft self in a hard self. Um, because when you let yourself be free and vulnerable and playful and childlike and loving and, and you let yourself love, you get hurt in a way that you, you doesn't, not the way like getting hurt physically hurts. Like you get existentially wounded to your core. I mean, a lot of the self-help people now call it the mother wounds, which is, you know, kind of weird because it makes it sound like it's like my mom must have been terrible if I have it. But what it really, I think, refers to is the separation from like the unity of, of our being. And if, if you're lucky, you do have that with your mother when you're born. I mean, that's like what attachment theory is. Uh, and I have a passage from this book I want to read. 
Uh, okay. It's, a, it's another long clip, but I think it's kind of a, a similar explanation because this episode, The Locked Room, is all about like consciousness and stuff. Uh, and so when he's saying like, your sorrows pin you to this place, I think that's, that's kind of like, as we become individual, as we go from a wave to particles, that, that is a separation. And there's like a sense of loss. That's like the human condition. I almost think like feeling alienated from the community is the only way to connect with the community, to be like, hey, this is how I feel disconnected. Is, does that resemble how you feel disconnected? Yeah, you're and, right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so, it, and I think we've talked about this before, but again, to fast forward, the cop that they refer to that threw up in Russ's blind date's lap mm -hmm. is Gracie, Steve Gracie. That's the character's name. He's the guy, he has a mustache. Uh, he's the one in the first episode that McConaughey slaps and is like, say it again, mm -hmm. Rummy. Yeah. Uh, and so he's the one that I referred to in a later episode. This isn't like a plot giveaway. He says it in relation to a case, but I think it's obviously resonant where he's like, I wanted to get back to the mother and I couldn't. And I just kept going, you know, and then I just kept going. Uh, you know, talking about a victim. But again, I want to get back to that mother, that state of unity, you know, with the world. And so when he's like, how can the world forget himself and talking about Jesus and talking about putting yourself into the atomization of like a nuclear creation or whatever he says, I think that's basically another way of saying we're all God, but none of us are fully God, which is, you know what I mean? Like, we're all a part of them. Like the blind men and the elephant is an example that you hear a lot. Like if you haven't heard it, listener, like a bunch of blind men are touching an elephant. You ask them, oh, what's an elephant? Like the one who's touching their toes are like, oh, they're scaly calcium deposits. You know, the one who's holding the tail is like, oh, it's the swishy thing. You know what I mean? None of, they're all correct, but none of them are fully correct. Uh, I think that there's a way to see all of us as like images of God that way, because there's nothing that's not God. But there's nothing that is God except God, which I think is all of it. You know what I mean? So anyway, I think uh, so that back to that like separation theme and like uh, head in the heart, you know, or whatever, brain in the body. This this book I is uh, it's by Darren Allen. It's called The Apocalypedia. This dude is fucking awesome, dude. He uh he has this other book called 33 Myths of the System. He's like an anarchist theorist and uh, he won't publish it. I found him on Reddit and like I've, we've corresponded. Uh, okay. But he's like, this one's, it's too hot for the publishing houses or something like uh, the 33 Myths Have of the System. Have you read it? Yeah, it's online. It's like, you can get a PDF of it. Okay. It's sick. Like he's just like, this is the myth of, you know, banking. This is the myth of work. This is the myth of, you know, relationships. Like, and he just gives you his thoughts. He's clearly a psycho. And so this book is the Apocalypedia. It's kind of like a, did you read in the literature books at Excel, the devil's dictionary, like Ambrose Bierce? No. It's just like a funny guy making cynical definitions. I actually, cause I was looking at it after I looked at this, he had one that was resonant for this, uh, this show. He defined a husband as one who having dined is responsible for care of the plate, which I was like, that's pretty dark. Or maybe he just means, you know, you got to clean up after yourself once you get married, but I don't think so. Uh, and, you know, with this show's like imagery of like women being consumed and stuff, I was like, damn. But anyway, uh, so I feel like this book is kind of like a modern take on that. He has like weird whimsical words that he makes up and stuff. And I don't always like all that kind of stuff, but I knew he would nail it on consciousness. So 
first he first his short definition of consciousness is either it's a noun that is either one the artist or two the canvas just let that sink in give it to me again consciousness noun either one the artist or two the canvas okay just i'm i'm i have nothing more to say i like it i do too but he then has like a little essay. So we've already played a, a six minute clip. It's not super long, but I am going to read it. Is that okay? Of course. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> when you look at a table and a chair, you usually see them as separate from each other. The table is separate from the chair, which are both separate from the surrounding room. And the room is separate from you, the observer. These separations are created by an activity in the mind, a focusing activity called hard consciousness. That, and that's a, another defined term in this book, but I'm not going to flip to it. Before this activity, there are no such divisions. The table, chair, room, you, the whole present moment are one single undivided experience. This is the way babies who do not have a well-developed focusing mind perceive the world. This does not mean that there are no separate divided objects in the real world, that the mind literally makes up the bits of the universe, see paradox, but that reality can be experienced in two different ways. The focused, divided experience of hard consciousness and the undivided or less divided experience of soft consciousness. Hard consciousness is obviously important. People who can't tell one thing from another are insane, but it has a monstrously disproportionate prestige in the modern world. Scientists and their modern students take it to be the distinguishing feature of humanity the foundation of human achievement and the acme of human intelligence. All scientific and psychological study is directed toward its nature and all education is founded on its supposed wisdom. But despite being the basis of all scientific knowledge, concentrated consciousness is not aware of over 99% of sense experience, nor is it aware of how it came to most of its decisions or conclusions, although it easily finds reasons. Hard consciousness is a thin, focused torch beam, unable to see anything outside the beam, including the torch itself. But assuming, because it sees itself everywhere it looks, that the whole basement is full of light. Soft consciousness, on the other hand, experiences the context or present as a whole, with hard focusing as one useful thinking isolating part. Soft consciousness is the I that is behind or is conscious of me. The I that includes the entire scene rather than the me, which is comprised of and focuses on isolated, literal, unparadoxical bits of it. Because of this, because soft consciousness precedes the literal bits of hard focus, it prefers to express itself through non-literal language metaphor, paradoxical imagery, art, and unspoken vibe, which expresses the quality of what is happening rather than the useful but plotting quantitative meaning units of hard, explicit consciousness. I'm almost done. There is, of course, nothing wrong with the ability to pick out and use these units. Literally nothing can be grasped or built without hard-focused concentration. But without soft conscious awareness of the context from which units and bits emerge, there is no meaningful reason to grasp or serve and no genius to build or fix tools worth using, houses worth living in, 
or songs worth listening to. When soft consciousness is suppressed for long enough, hard consciousness takes over my subtle identity and becomes me, myself, egoically self-informed, becomes unable to experience anything other than itself, its own ideas, worries, wants, fears, and fixated manias. Expression then becomes stiff, monotonous, and, like science, predictable. The mind becomes exclusively focused on the isolated things that hard consciousness creates through its own isolating, abstracting, and focusing activity, and the world then becomes just bits. Naturally, this is not a problem which can be solved or even seen in the normal way with my concentrated thinking and effort. <clears throat> it can only be dealt with by learning to not be me. See self-mastery. Pretty fucking sick, dude. I feel like that's the, that is the sermon, secular version. So I, the, what I, that's what I think of the sermon kind of, is basically what that guy said. Like for, for the, the non-believers. Okay. I feel like that makes it a little more powerful. What do you think though? That was kind of long, longer than I thought. Thank you for letting me do that. I haven't read out loud in years, so I kind of didn't know how long that takes. Yeah, I mean, you know. Did you fade out? I just... <laughs> I, we can like, take it out. It's no I think deal. you just uh, don't understand. Like, and this is okay. Um, my capacity as an individual. If you thought there was any way that I was able to hold focus for longer than forty-five seconds, there, you're just too into soft consciousness, dude. It, it, you don't have enough hard focus in consciousness. You're too into the vibe. Yeah, he defined like, it in the first forty-five seconds, so I do yeah. know what that means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you just you you were like, enough. I'm back to vibing. You it's, just went back you know, to vibing, I mean, dude. Like, be, I, saying that I say enough like implies just far more control and choice than I feel like sure. I'm experiencing. Yeah, 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 you're not in your egoic self, dude. Definitely. I, I feel like you're too advanced for it, but hopefully A listener <laughs> okay. got it. You don't yeah, have no, to be an you, asshole all well, the saying, time. I, I I'm mean, sorry. I, I'm I agree, sorry. dude. I don't mean to. And so, you know, I guess I'll start. <laughs> no, no. I'm sorry. I what are you sorry? Oh, the asshole that. comment? Huh? Don't worry yeah. about it, dude. I forgive you. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, dude, I, hopefully, you know, with that, we had ears to hear it. You know what I mean? Uh, but, okay, bring it, let's bring it back to the show, dude. The lattice work, the, like in the opening shot. I think that's a good example. So remember in the opening shot, they're back in that church? Yes. And they, it's during the day. They got a bunch of people to take pictures of the yeah, thing yeah, they yeah. found. He sees you in those dark corners, dude. You know, you don't think you see anything, but Russ saw something in the dark corner too. You know, that, that, and that's where, you know, that's how they pulled it out. But then they cut and it's like, I don't know if it's like the sun's going down or coming up or what, but the shot is Marty and Russ behind the burned down part of the church that just has the exposed lattice work. And then that same, like the, the, the blue of the long, bright dark is beneath it and i feel like that lattice work is the metaphor for like consciousness and our you know isolating self-consciousness like when he's talking about i have my face pressed up against the bars of this box and stuff like that it's like the that that long bright dark is like the the, the primordial uncreated yet to be created creation you know or like the the whole that we can't quite perceive because the minute you perceive it you limit it you know what I mean? You can only experience the whole. The minute you focus on any aspect of it, you lose almost all of it. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I feel like that the lattice work is important. 
and like the box metaphors and, you know, light getting through cracks and stuff like that. I don't know. I really like this episode, man. It's hard for me to be focused. I, I almost, I want to just say like, you know, let's play your clips and talk about them because I'll just keep reading essays from the Apocalypedia. All right. Uh, here's one. I mean, can you imagine if people didn't believe what things they get up to? Exactly. Sorry, I imagine. didn't mean, I didn't mean to restart it over, but we can because I did want to talk about uh, once I started playing it. I, I'd wish that I had talked about because in my mind I was like, well, I don't want to cut off their entire conversation. We can just summarize it, or not even summarize it, but comment on everything up to that point. So, you know, like, uh, it's just Russ saying that everyone here is an idiot because they're here, more no, or less. I think there's a very important line in there. No one here is splitting the atom. Yeah. yeah. That's a, a, let's just put a pin in that line. Well, why? Let's talk, well, talk about it now. Through, gonna, well, okay. I mean, there's other stuff you want to talk about, but that, that line, I think, is like the whole episode, dude. Okay. No one there is splitting the atom. They're in the unity, dude. That's why they're there. They're in a community. We're atoms. Like, we're atomized. And, you know, to fast forward. I don't think that's what he means, though. Oh, really? Then why, during the minister's speech, does he say, you know, we are the wind and the stars and the, you know, the space between them, which echoes the theme song of the show. And then in, I think, the only flashback sequence the show has deployed so far at the end of this episode, when... Rust is talking about all this useless spinning that we do and bumping and colliding into each other, uh, interspersed with men and women dancing, whirling around in individual circles while being in a whole whirling mass of circles. Like, you don't think that resonates with the atom? Like, that the whole notion of, and again, the preset or the minister says it in his, in his sermon God puts himself into the atomic creation. I think that the show is playing around with like atomic imagery. I don't think that the point of Russ's statement when he says no one here is splitting the atom is to like talk about that. He's just right, trying to call it Right, you are aware that this is a piece of art and that there's a thing, you know, there can be layered meanings to pieces of dialogue. Uh, yeah, but I was just making a point. Like, uh, you're agreeing with, like, it sounds like we're in agreement that the state like that the intent of russ statement was to well when you say, say the intent dumb. i think we, what you're saying is we're meant to understand russ's literal first level meaning. yeah so you know what i mean yes but you're if you only look at it that way you end up being a guy like tc who doesn't even think that the actual words of the dialogue are important and tries to hand wave them away and so i'm just saying i think that one is I think it resonates thematically, which is what we're here to do. Explore and pick apart these things and ruin our friendship. And, you know, I'm dedicated to that. So, yeah. Anyway, I don't know why I'm so ornery right now. But uh, I do think it's an important line, dude. And I do think that the fact that the minister makes the exact same reference in the full sermon and then we end with, like, uh, basically Russ describing people in quantum physics terms is all meaningful. Like none of it's an accident. Nick Pizzolatto's a genius, dude. You think he doesn't know this shit? 
I'm, I, uh, you think Nick Pizzolatto's hearing this? If he hears this, he's going to be like, damn, I didn't ever think about that Adam stuff. I think if you Nick Pizzolatto hears this, he'll have a more accurate understanding of the points I was trying to make. So I'm not especially worried about know. how well, they'll he, be interpreted by him. I think, I hope he does, dude. I, I think it's possible, dude. You know? Um, you never know, man. But yeah, just, you know, Rust. I can't wait till he comes on. Business about these people being dumb. I just, you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, what about that, do you think? What do you think? Um, I mean, I think he's wrong, right? I mean, they do seem low IQ. It's worth so commenting I mean. on it. Well, no, I mean, but but he doesn't... I'm not sure that that's true. I'm not sure that, like, enough is revealed about, like, uh, the people there. Yeah, mostly like, thinking about Bert. They look like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Bert's not the only person shown. Right, of course. Um, yeah. And... Uh, I think that it is true that there is a it, it just this is an argument you have to interface with in the world, right? Like there's lots of people who think that anyone who believes in religion is dumb, right? Yeah, for sure. Christopher Hitchens and etc. Yeah. Um and uh, what I you know, I mean, just commenting on that, uh I think that there's a certain kind of approach to the world that requires a certain amount of intelligence that when you have that approach doesn't really allow for religion. Um, and so I, I see how people who are like t- too quick to worship that. Uh, Could you elaborate on that? Like if you have, a, I mean, like I definitely think that focusing on the provable is important as a way to uh, understand the world. Could you give me an example of something provable? I mean, you know what I mean. I do. I, do, I guess it's one of those rust things. I, like, I do know what you mean. That the but, arm of this microphone stand is black. Yeah. Okay. You can prove that? I mean, I can look at it. It looks black to me. I understand. You, but, like... Surely you you grasp what I'm intending to say by that. Kind statement. of. I mean, I do, but I don't agree with. I like. I, I don't agree. So I'm. I'm like defensive as you're laying these things out. I'm like. So you're like. Let me. F- I don't focus on the provable much in my life, uh, except I do. I mean, we all do. I definitely know. Like, I'm like, oh, I'll turn if the if I turn the faucet on and water doesn't come out, I get upset because I I do expect based on my experience that it will. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, the way that I came to this entire thing, like kind of where I started to get certainty that the things that I was taught in church, or I felt certainty at the time, that the things that I was being taught in church, like, you know, specifically by the mystical aspects, were that I was silly to believe them, um, was like through baseball. Like I read the book Moneyball. I extrapolated the approach that they brought to baseball to other parts of my life. And thought that uh, you know, well, this doesn't really hold up to the sort of scrutiny. So you saber metrics, God? I mean, I've, you're asking for examples. You gotta. I, I would like to know more about the Moneyball approach to the religion. I yeah, I'm trying as much to, detail as you got. Okay, thank you. Um, and so, like you know, uh, there was uh, there's been plenty of times. Most of the time, baseball has been played, and people have been compensated well to try to put together teams to play it. Uh, they've been quite happy to do thing to be things like, uh, well, you know, um, really going to need some clutch hitters here. Right. Like whenever the moment's big, we need guys that can get big with it. Right. Sure. And that's total bullshit. Like 
what, like whenever you just look at like whenever you try and study the issue of like are there people who can repeatedly raise their performance level with the game situation and the leverage like there just aren't like if you if you try to tr- study the question in any sort of serious way you can't prove like statistically that some people play better in higher leverage situations in a consistent way across time can you prove that they do not I mean, like you can just look at their stats. Like, do do they get hits more often whenever the leverage is higher? Like, you can so measure. No all one these does. Things. There's no clutch performers in baseball. It's it's not. There's no one who consistently elevates their level of performance across their entire career whenever the leverage is higher. See, here's that's, that's already, an absolute already, truth. Already, let me jump in. It's not an absolute truth. It's a quantified truth. Okay. So, because all you've done, listen, I haven't read Moneyball. I read Robert McKee talk about how good the script was. Uh, I, what you just described was we looked at a bunch of stuff and we, you didn't look at every possible way to crunch all of the data of baseball. You don't know that, but go I ahead. do because there's infinite permutations. Like there aren't, you know what I mean? Like I believe in God. So there's always more. So I'm saying like, whatever they looked at, you can't tell me they're done. Like just in 2005, baseball science stopped and there's nothing more to learn. They know it all. This is the way to have good baseball. First of all, once you describe a system, you've changed the environment you're in. So like you constantly have to update that shit anyway. Like for all we know, somebody heard that money ball truism and then started to focus on like, well, sports psychology, why are there no clutch performers? Uh, what, what would a clutch performance even look like? And maybe certain games matter more than other games. And so actually it's more about the vibe And none of that shows up in your data because it looks at playoff games, the same as World Series games, the same as regular season games. But actually, if you're in game seven or whatever the fuck it is, Frank Thomas like actually did crank it like every time. I mean, it's just something I'm not a baseball guy, but I'm saying it it doesn't appear to me that they've ruled out every single possible definition of clutch or about of context dependent performance. I'm I'm a clutch player. So maybe that's why I'm like uh, defensive again. But I'm just saying like, I'm not saying- You're not a player at all. I mean, okay. Uh, I, get, I get what you're saying in a rust way. Uh, but I also get what you're saying in the larger way and I disagree with it. But um, seriously, like they, you, you can't, you're worshiping these people. If you really think that they solved baseball in 2005 and we all just have to play according to that script- like, do you don't actually believe that, right? They didn't fire the sabermetricians after that. They weren't like, thank you for uh, giving us the unified theory of baseball. We now got it. And it's not it's, like that's the only question in baseball that. that you would need to answer. But like, that's not an especially tough one to answer. It was asked, it was answered. Like, the, I, I'm not swayed by any of the things that you've said. None I'm, of them have convinced me that like uh, possibly clutch does exist. Like, it's like uh, maybe I'm being too imprecise in how I'm phrasing the thing that they're attempting to answer. Well, it, all, what, what if I put it this way? Do people have a higher batting average in a higher leverage situation? Like, well, we you can measure define, batting average. What do you mean le- higher leverage? Like, you know, look at the score of the game. The, you know, I mean, like, I don't know the exact, like leverage is like, you know, accepted like on the fan graphs so glossary, they'll give just you a thing it. for it. Let me just, I don't know any, what any of this shit means and I'm going to do what you did when I tried to read the thing. I, it, it's not important to me, but let me ask you this. Okay. The sabermetricians are in the conference room, right? The, the, actually, let me back up. I think it's like what Marty and Russ are talking about when Rust is like, 
All we have to do is pull every dead body that's ever existed in Louisiana and look for these three things and we'll find them. And Marty's like, we don't have the time. That has to have been the case for sabermetrics. They're ha- like, picture all the sabermetricians in a room together and they have an intern, right? And they're like, all right, we're about to give the Oakland Athletics our recommendations and our report and all that. And there's some little whippersnapper who's like, but we didn't look at, you know, all these theories. Don't you think it's plausible that at some point the sabermetricians were like, no, we have to stop with the data gathering and start analyzing the data we have gathered and draw conclusions from it, right? I mean, that's, that's normal. We live I mean, in time. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I, I'm trying to like, uh, I'm just e- saying these guys explain my, they, uh, like, and just, I, we're, we're wasting time because like, I, okay. you just, you you don't understand, like, we already know everyone's batting at, like, you go on baseballreference.com, all of the, like, what I'm, what I'm saying, like, can we measure people, like, are there further things they could search? No, literally not. Okay. We know all the hitting statistics for every single person who has ever hit in the professional game since, like, the start of the century. That's so funny, dude. This is very funny to me, where this is going. Uh, so why do we play baseball? Why don't we just get calculators out and figure out who would win? <sighs> It's fun to play baseball. I don't know. What do you want from it? Like, I mean, why? This why is does, so far afield. How, sport, how many, does sports gambling exist if we already know everything? Because of course, there's like uh, the, that's what I'm saying. We, what the spread? But we can the, know. The, 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 we can know some with some accuracy things that have already happened, and based on that, make some guesses about how this fucking works. Yeah, but guesses. Yeah, I agree. Thank you. Yes. Okay, we well, we've got a really have, fucking good guess about is, whether or not you can hit for like I mean, it's not that good, clutch dude. in a situation. It's very fucking Sports good. Sports gambling exists, dude. I mean, there's clearly, it is rife with uncertainty to the point of billions of dollars a year. Like, you know, I don't know. Uh, let me tell you how the law works. Tell me. Um, my point there is that I know less about it. So it would be foolish for me yeah. to try to dictate. I don't know. I, I actually, I thought you were going to tell me something because you know about beginner's mind? Sure, yeah, yeah. I would consider the possibility that one of us is applying it to baseball here. <laughs> and in fact, I think it's what you just said. I just take it out a, in the I market and, uh, you know, uh, let me know how your bankroll is. Well, exactly. I agree. It would be shit because there's uncertainty. I can't just hire a sabermetrician and just predict every outcome of every baseball game. Only God can do that. The scientists can only catch up, dude. I mean, there's plenty of people out there who predict it better than the people who are setting the lines and make a lot of money off yeah, of it. Yeah, I believe that. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Well, they all agree that clutch hitting doesn't exist. Okay. They have podcasts. They talk about it. That's interesting. Do you think that they're unaware that their podcasts are market movers? I know that they're aware that their podcasts are market movers. Why else would they do the podcast? And, and they're in those markets? <laughs> so you're saying they're lying about the clutch stats? I think that uh, it's the, I don't know. Anyway, I'd like if I were the guy who had figured out whatever the blind spot is in the status quo analysis, I would not go on my podcast with it. Yeah, I mean, I obviously would because I'm on this podcast saying the things that I figured out are the, you know faulty with the status quo analysis. But I want to caution anyone I'm a against. Christian taking uh alex's supposed discovery of blind spots and uh trying to make money betting off of that yeah do you want to hear a funny story about blind spots sure when i i never learned to drive actually uh you know because i went to excel obviously Uh so i took like they let us go to driving school i think i've i've said that once on here 
but, surprised by that. Yeah, it was weird. I don't and, recall and that. And they we stopped midway. So I went, it was like right before I left, me and like two other kids who were gonna leave. We went to a driving school in the Woodlands with like kids from the Woodlands High School. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but like we had to practice driving, which it's like you had to so I had to get Doug Mittag. Uh and, and I he would let me drive his Mazda. Uh and that's how I learned, like that's how I technically learned, but I didn't actually learn to drive. So then I went to college and I was 20. Uh, by the time I applied for another learner's permit. And mm-hmm. I think the DMV was just, they didn't hear me or like, I don't know. I think they were just like, something's gotta be wrong. This guy's too old or something. So they just gave me a license. Wow. Uh, so I've never actually passed the driving test. Like I just had a driver's license. That's amazing. I, it, it was scary. I mean, I was not a good, <laughs> very good <laughs> yeah. driver. So uh, I went home you know, my parents live in like a rural part of New Jersey. So it was pretty safe to kind of, I just tooled around during the day. And just basically learned it. But there's still stuff like I didn't know. Like you can't make a right turn on a red in New Jersey. Uh, At all? Uh-uh. Isn't that weird? It sucks. I know. It's the law. Fucking pointless. <laughs> I know. It fucking Jesus sucks. Christ. But uh, no one ever told me about blind spots, dude. So I was like you with sabermetrics. This is why. This is literally like a, you would think it was made up. Like if it was in a piece of art or something, you'd be like, it's a little too on the nose for this guy and his blind spot thing. But I'm driving with my boys. And we're going to the movies. And uh, one of my buddies, like, it's a car full of dudes, and I'm driving. And one of my boys is like, there's, you, you got to watch your blind spot, dude. You're careening. You know what I mean? Like, and they're always criticizing me, you know. Uh, Probably with merit, <laughs> yeah, if it's about driving well, specifically. Definitely. Uh, and literally, I was like, I don't believe in blind spots. I think you guys were taught that to, like, make you extra safe. But it's a myth. All you got to do, I mean, come on. What are you, you serious? Just look. And they were like, what? I was like, no, there's no blind spots. And I'm saying this as I'm changing lanes right into a car. <laughs> just, like, just completely swiped him. He's directly in my blind spot. Just, and so, and like, I didn't, it wasn't like it's a, a major, you know, because we were going slow. Yeah, but I was yeah. like, blind spots are a myth. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then like the car gets completely silent because like no one wants to be like i told you so you know what i mean and I'm yeah just like, yeah okay yeah. they're real like you know and then i gotta get out and deal with this fucking guy mm-hmm. uh so anyway look i i know that i can get too cocky with my positions even with respect to blind spots but that kind of did hammer at home for me dude there's a lot we don't know and if you would listen to this thing i read he does make that point that's hard consciousness thinking that just because the only thing it can see is the only thing it can see, that must be the only thing. That's what quantitative analysis is. Mean, as far is. as like people in this particular conversation uh, not appreciating what they don't know. Yeah? I kind of think that I know more about baseball than you. You should. Just, I agree. Uh, and I think that's why it's so hard for you to admit that there could be things that you don't know. Well, I mean, or that your heroes don't know. No, no, no. But I, I like. But I've, I've tried to narrow it down to the point of like the batting average can't be like doesn't. Uh, inc- there's no increases their batting average across like a large sample in response to higher leverage situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I'm saying is that's like an easily provable thing. Okay, like fine. A, that's just as math. long as we all agree on. Yeah, and like if you want to say like math doesn't really exist, no, like I, I want to say can, we'd have but... to agree on each definition of every word in that sentence. I mean, to your point about how the law works, that's how you fight those things out. Like, let's look at each word and what you meant by it. And then because words are slippery things that can 
only define what, you know, in terms of what they are not, we can look at those, whatever definitions we agree on, things will be excluded. And that means your whole system is excluded. Them. It's fine. Just, you should know there's more to know. That's it, dude. I don't care. There's, I don't care who wins there's baseball. There's always bets. more to know. I understand that. I'm, I'm saying just like, even, this is, this but, is like fourth dude, order is, point about like, I, I haven't even been able to I make like get to how you got the basic applied thing. this to God. Yeah. Let's I'm, get to that. I've Let's been trying to, to for Let's a while. Let's skip to that. Dude. Okay. Agree so, to disagree. I'm Bert, dude. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm just waving my hands to the baseball gods. Every day I hope that the charismatic uh, celebrity baseball athletes, you know, will come through for the storyline of the game. I'm, I'm that kind of fan. You know, I love the game. I love the, the what's the baseball? What do they call it? Like pigs? No, it's not pigskin. What do they call it? Is there like a word for it? The leather ball? <laughs> you know, the stitches? Uh, I love the damn stitches, dude. <laughs> and popcorn you know um so you know i mean just there's there's a lot of ideas that people putting together teams had previously held you know like uh batting average being important being one of them like that they would exclude batting average or they would exclude on base percentage in favor of batting average when like you know walks are about as valuable as singles they're not literally as valuable as singles but it's close enough that it would be foolish to pick one that excluded all of the information that walks are giving you yeah dude i was 3 feet tall when i was 8 i i know about the value of walks so uh you know i just like and and there'd people there'd be people who would like you know that that were paid a lot of money to try and put together championship teams that if you were like well, what about his batting average he gets all these walks they'd be like I don't care about walks. Walks never drove anyone in. Right. I mean, like, or right. it's more rare for them too. Got it. Um, and like, you know, those people are wrong. And like the people who thought that they were wrong, that like then attempted to build their own teams, have won at a much higher rate than the people who held those views before. You right. Know? And that's like your favorite um, thing. Like you, uh, of the types of stories, you love that. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, I don't know. Everyone's a lot searching of for did. some hope that like, uh, they can fucking... Uh, achieve something in this world. I don't no, no, no. But so. I mean, specifically when a group of I don't see another avenue for me to achieve anything. Like, for example, I'm the not big going short to achieve guys. something you because think, I'm you like think the big short guys. Like, someone. this is what I'm getting at. I'm not saying achievement is your favorite story. I'm talking about a scrappy band, a smart guy. But I'm saying you misunderstood my point. Okay, tell me what I misunderstood. My point is that I understand that there's only one avenue for me to achieve things. It's not by being the strongest person. It's by this so like I, I identify this as like if I'm going to achieve something, this is the opportunity I have. What? What is the this? Like uh I don't know, uh using intellect. Oh, okay. All right. I think that your intellect has played a, a huge deal in your success. But I think a lot of other factors have come into play that maybe the saber metrics didn't pick up, such as your charisma. Your warmth, your character, your humor. I really do believe that. I mean, especially, look, look at what you do for a living, dude. You think it's just being smart? Have you ever listened to a, a podcast by people who are just smart? It's the worst thing ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just saying, there's more to you than your intellect. I'm not sure. I'm, I don't know that I understand what point you're trying to make. There's more to you than your intellect. And your success has a lot sure. to do with who uh, you are holistically. Everyone's not just an intellect. I'm not. I, I don't know, dude. I I don't want to argue about any of these things. I'm trying to I give feel you like a every compliment, time I make dude. It, I, there's a lot more to you than your intellect, dude. Kind of. I think that you know that you're not just trying to 
give a compliment. You like ever, just I don't know, dude. Every I mean, sentence I'm, I'm saying, like, there's some part of the sentence that you don't like, and that's the only part you focus on. And then, like, I it's it's a difficult way to have a conversation. I, I just want to talk about fucking True Detective. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry, dude. I apologize. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll just play this clip here. I mean, can you imagine if people didn't believe what things they'd get oh, up to? Don't wait. Exact same I thing they did. I finish the point you were making, dude. I want to know what you do. Don't fucking pull it, Alex, dude. I'll listen, dude, but finish the point, dude. How did you apply sabermetrics to deciding whether or not you would adhere to the mystical components of Catholicism? There's a lot of things that, like, people that you would have thought that were smart and informed believed fervently that whenever anyone like checked to see if they were right, they weren't like what for religion, whether or not batting average was more important than on base percentage. Okay. I'm, so, I'm ready to accept that point to move on. If, uh, you know, uh, they can be wrong about that. Then like, what can other people be wrong about? But how is that not also true of the fucking sabermetricians? Of course, everyone can be wrong about anything. That's all I fucking wanted to hear, dude. You, th you think that I didn't think that everyone can be wrong about anything? Let's move on. Let's, just tell me more. So people can be wrong about religion. Yeah. And so? Uh, so whenever I looked at the ways in which the, the you know, um, Joe Morgans of the world were wrong about baseball, like, uh, you know, uh, they, you were able to prove they're wrong by like, like the, the people who I was, who I liked had like, you know, something to support their beliefs that you could like point to, you know, like, like hard data, you know, not just like mystical thinking. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, if, if I ask you like, all right, you know, so you say this is like actually his blood, like it looks like wine to me. Like, can you do anything to like convince me? And they're just like, no, well, you got to have faith. Like, uh -huh. I don't know. That ceased. I mean, like I'm describing a journey went on when I was like 17. It's not like I was fucking genius of the world at this point. As a child discovering things that you know children have to discover at some point. Uh -huh. And uh, you know, I just it occurred to me that if it looked like wine, it was probably just wine. Huh. All right. And I just hadn't really had confidence in that before. You know, like I was like, well, I'm just a kid, and the priest says it's blood. So. Hmm. Okay. And so where did that take you? Just kind of thinking if they're wrong about a lot of this stuff. Like, you know, if, if it seems like they're kind of talking out their ass about a lot of this, like, I mean, I guess I can take away, like, it's good to treat people good. But did I really need the Bible for that? I, mean, I don't know. Uh, did you ask that priest that you had a close relationship with about this stuff? Not really. I always wish I had the opportunity, but it never really came up. Yeah, because I wonder if his take would have just been like, yes, it is blood and have faith. Something I don't think it would have been. suspects it would have been a little more nuanced. Sure, sure, sure. But I mean, like, he always, like, was, the mystical stuff was not, he just wouldn't talk about it for the most part. Uh -huh. Like, he would just take whatever thing and be like, here's when a practical you say mystical way of stuff, understanding. You mean like the doctrine of transubstantiation? Like that we're referring to here, the yeah, supernatural that, but elements. The, just like any time he would read any, like, you know, any uh, gospel that they had, he would just be like, you know, here's how to take the message here and treat other people better. And uh -huh. like, he was just interested in talking about the treating other people better. Uh huh. And, you know, like, uh, not in like, you know, really, um, 
focusing on the like I don't know I, I I'm having trouble putting words to the thing I'm I'm thinking. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. I'm sorry that I uh, made it a minefield to do so. You know, I'm, I'm aware that sab- sabermetricians are aware that sabermetricians can be wrong. I like, would hope there's so. There's a large amount of uh, other ones are no better to... than the Joe Morgans. Yeah, no. I, you can take that to the bank. This every is not goddamn. Time. That's not like uh, something that's never occurred to us. Who's Joe Morgan? Uh, he's a prominent ESPN announcer at the time okay. that uh, Moneyball was coming into. Okay. Yeah, dude. I mean, I think like for something that makes more sense to me, like the the politics writers, you know, the take havers. Sure. There was a minute when they could just be like, remember like when Trump was running and it was like, here's what will happen. He won't win Iowa. And because he's a winner, uh, then they'll drop him. All of his base will drop him. Totally. Once they know he's a loser. That's just someone who happens to have an audience talking out of their ass. Whereas like, I, I know that uh, I'm just inviting more argument by this and, and I, I know that. <laughs> well, but, we are kind of here to argue. Uh, I mean, I, I don't understand why you take it personally. But No, I, I understand. It's just like, yeah. I wanted to talk about the point. And so like, isn't it important I, wonder, that I don't, I understand I don't get weary. I don't get weary about arguing at all. I think that it's clear over the course of my work that uh, I love arguing. Yeah, uh, it's just whenever it's like an uh, even match, fifth order. <laughs> yeah, I hate it when it's an even <laughs> match. It's an even match every time, dude. Every I I have respect for all of my opponents. Yeah. Uh, Wait, are you placing me in the leagues of other people you've argued with? I say that I say that anyone argue with, you know, I don't. It's hard to measure intelligence. How will I ever know if they're smarter it's, than me or see, other that, people? Now that they you're have. talking like me, dude. You're like uh, this, I, say, the, I say things like that all the time, the which saber, is why it's frustrating that you would think that like like IQ is just sabermetrics of intelligence. Can sabermetricians be wrong? Yes, obviously. Are they wrong about whether or not clutch hitting exists? Yeah, so there it's, it's a like, vanishingly it's, small it's possibility. Got, but I'm, what I'm all I was saying is you've defined you have a, def, a definition of clutch hitting, a definition of leverage walking around in your head that is exclusive, like it's exclusionary, and so you just need to be aware. That's all. There's like there's stuff for the young sabermetricians to figure out still. Science doesn't stop. That's why I there's always there's plenty more to figure the, out, but not about the question of clutch hitting like that. Well, the other it's thing an easy is, one to answer. There's, but, there are <sighs> complex questions out there, and that's just not one of them. But bro, when you identify something in a system, it's a it's like a level three or level two change. Like okay, weather prediction is a, le- a level one system, so you can predict weather all day. You're never going to change it. Unless it's like on some wild macro, you know, climate change we've predicted and now we're going to change something or whatever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't respond to the predictions. The and stock market is a level two thing. system. Uh-huh. It responds to predictions. If the Wall Street Journal publishes something about what a stock's going to do, the market will actually change and it will affect the validity of that prediction. GameStop really jumped today. That's good. Portfolio's doing great, dude. Are you, you got in on that? Uh, we talked to Jake's brother last week and he sounded about as manic as anyone I've ever heard. Uh, in a cool, I, I enjoyed talking to him. I hope that doesn't come across. I mean, I don't view that as a negative thing. Um, but he was, he was just, he was a true believer. He told me that I needed to buy a share. So I bought a share. And since he said that it's gone up like 50 bucks. All right. Good. So good. That was not a money ball decision that you made. No, no, not at all. Good. Good. I like that. 
that that I like. I just want you know some acknowledgement that there's more to life than these quantitative. I think it's silly that you would think that I would think that the only thing that I got worried with the deification of the money bollocks. That's really that it, it raises my hackles, man. You know that's why I got so heated just now. But anyway, dude. But the, that's interesting. The man. thing I was going to say that that I was uh, thinking was going to invite criticism is just that's why I think that the work that uh, Nate Silver does is valuable. Wait, what? I don't remember the first part. You were saying the, the stuff about like you know some pundits' idea of analysis is Trump's voters love him because he's a winner. If he loses oh, Iowa, yeah, 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 he won't. Yeah. No. Whereas like someone going in and being like. You know, in previous elections, this is how this cohort has voted. Right, yeah, yeah, And, like, yeah. the polls leading up to this show that this cohort has changed in this way. And so, I, That's know. a good point. No, I would say, yes, Nate Silver's work was valuable, but he, like, he's kind of, he sucks now. Like, he hasn't predicted anything right since 2008. Uh, at least, you know, I'm sure he's gotten little things right, but I'm, you know, the big dog shit, presidential 12 shit. 12 he nailed, but sure. Oh, God, who didn't? Uh, Most people who weren't him? Really? Yeah. People thought Obama was going to lose in 2012? No, they're portraying it as a close race. That's the... I mean, with all this stuff, like, if you... The right, wrong, like... All I'm saying is Nate Silver, he's a good example of what I'm talking about, level two. So once you introduce that quantitative analysis, it doesn't stay frozen. It changes the system because then mm -hmm. everyone has access to it. It, it. it is almost immediately obsolete because everyone is now accounting for it. Like, I have friends who are professional poker players. The clutch hitting thing is much closer to a level one system. If you say so. I mean, it's... Then it's, I think there's another revolution ready to be... The binds there are just, like, the, the limits of human ability. Like, that's what we're talking about. All right. Sounds like what they said about a five-minute mile. It's four, but yeah. Is that what the guy did? Roger Bannister ran a four? Yeah. Okay. Well, either way. That you can know the numbers and not know the point proves the point. <laughs> Let's okay. move on. I know the point, dude. Nate Silver needs to fucking I'm money ball his haircut. I'm not disagreeing with any of these points. Seriously. Money ball some propecia, my dude. I'm just being characterized as having done so. Yeah. No, I'm sorry for its uh, okay. strong. Whatever it is. No. Yeah. I wasn't steel manning you. Um, no, I really do. I like to understand. I take you seriously. So, and you're usually on point. So when you're sloppy leading up to something, God I'm like, it, let's dude. get the foundation right. I'm not you know being I mean? sloppy. I'm, uh, not anymore, thanks to me. Uh, no. <laughs> Your series of misunderstandings have helped neither you nor me nor the audience. Which one of us do you think is the box man? <laughs> you, you can be the box man, dude. I don't care. All right, dude. This is a fun discussion. Where, so, where are we at time-wise? Uh, Tune in next week for the Reggie Ledoux episode. <laughs> Uh, no, so I mean, like, I don't even remember how we got off track. Of I the, think this has been the best episode we've ever done. Okay. Um, now this is the kind of shit that makes me smoke weed again, dude. When I, <laughs> I bring my full self and just get punished for it, dude. Oh my God. You know, do you have any weed? Can That's I just rip something real quick? Such a, can I take myself down to a six? I bring my full self as much of it as I, I can. Like, you understand that in that, whatever. I, I don't. Now yeah, I'm doing yeah, I'm the playing, thing dude. if you Let's do. Go. Or, or if you want to. But yeah. I'm, I'm just having too much fun, dude. <laughs> okay. So, the like, just, I think that it's my belief that there is a kind of person, um, like, people who have, like, a too evidence-based approach 
Um, like, uh, it does, like, I don't think that that's the only kind of smart person. That's my point. But I think it takes like a certain kind of intelligence to like have that. And so I think that people mistake that for smart people don't believe in religion. I think that's what's going on. I just wanted to explain the mechanics because I was ruminating on it. I'm not sure that that's any great insight that I have, but, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it was, it's what was being discussed in the opening of the episode. And, uh, I think it's an interesting thing to think about at least a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, clearly. Um, you know, like, like what Rust is talking about whenever he says that he doesn't think that they can split the atom, like that, you know, getting into science requires a sort of evidence-based approach that anyone who's going to believe that this guy can save their lives, uh, isn't going to have. Right. But I think that there's things that Rust is misunderstanding or not allowing for. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Do you have uh, thoughts on what he's not allowing for? I mean, basically everything the guy said at the clip we played at the beginning of the episode, I think. Like, I mean, let me look at my notes, actually. I feel like, I don't know, do you think this was a bad podcast so far, dude? Like, people, I mean, I've been told it was the best one we've done. By a flawed source, though. It could be my blind spot. Well, I've gotten feedback. You've heard it you know, live where people are like, I like it when you give it back to TC. That was, so I'm, I'm hoping that helpful to me. Know. It was very helpful to me. <laughs> I, you know, I, prior to that was where it, it yeah. No, it, I do worry because everyone no, we, takes what they're, but I think the lesson there is like in predicting what's good and bad is, and I, I, this is one of my core beliefs about podcasting or making art or anything like it is impossible to predict what people are going to like or not like. You will be constantly surprised if you receive feedback on episodes about what people's favorite part or least favorite part was. Yeah. And so right. trying to do anything like even like the basic stuff of like, like, well, I know I killed it. So people must love that part. I've had that proven so many wrong, so many times in my life that it's just, it's, it's so silly to try and answer the question of whether or not it's good because good to whom, right? Like true. Every true. single listener's answer is different. True, true. Anyway, uh, I, I, let me look at my notes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, huh. I'm just, yeah, I don't have really specific notes on that. I mean, I think he's missing, like, I don't know. It, it, let, let's just keep talking. I think it'll come up because I think it's the things we've been talking about. Like, he's missing the role of love. He's missing the role of light. He's missing the possibility that good things can exist. Uh, he's missing the possibility that he's a good person or that he's worthy of redemption or that anything resembling that is possible. He's missing the possibility that love is the foundation of all of this rather than, you know, the nihilism, the, the nothingness that he seems to think is at the center of everything. I think that's it. And I, I also don't even think he's fully wrong. I just think that nothingness is the same as everything. Okay, I have another clip. The I, I think this will um, just be a little closer to what we're talking about, so I want to play yeah, this. Yeah, it's a good one. The ontological fallacy of expecting a light at the end of the tunnel. Well, that's what the preacher sells. Same as a shrink. See, the preacher, he encourages your capacity for illusion. Then he tells you to fucking virtue. There's always a buck to be had doing that. There's such a, a desperate sense of entitlement, isn't it? Surely this is all for me. Me? Me, 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 I, I. I'm, I'm so fucking important. 
I'm so fucking important, right? Fuck you. Definitely interesting. That's kind of the most emotional he gets, like in his so discussions far, yeah. with them. Yeah. Um, like even when he's talking about the fucking kid stuff, I mean, I guess that's a different kind of uh, emotion. Do you think he's like playing it up a little bit for their benefit? I think it's a little bit of both. I think he believes what he's saying. I think he's he feels that fuck you. Like I think he he in that moment is actually saying fuck you to. I something. feel like he's not in control there. Yeah, yeah. I, like I think that it does upset him so much that like he's getting spun up about it, and like it's possible because it it's interesting that like. I have a lot of criticism for them that, like, I thought we're here on an information-gathering mission and you want to fucking argue with them about it? Like, do your fucking job, dude. You, it's so important to you that you convince this guy he's wrong in his views about religion, that you're willing to set aside the investigation to put some time on this? What yeah, the fuck are you doing? If you think he's a serial killer, you know, get him wound up. You know, it could be an interrogation technique. I guess. It it my The way it struck me was... Guys who are legitimately upset at their beliefs being challenged. I do think the younger guy, I, I also yeah. got that. Like, yeah. But I also think, it seems like the older guy is kind of like laying back a little bit. Like but he I wants think he to agrees with the younger guy. Out. I think at, at he times just has more control. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I could see it being worth, because they all, you know, they ask him, you know, and I thought you were going to, never mind. Um, like, I think they're also just trying to understand his worldview. You know, I mean, I'm making excuses for them. I don't know what the actual intent is, but I, yeah, no, it's possible, and it's also possible that he's not like that. That he knows that that's going to spin them up, and his goal is to keep them off foot. And so, I, like, yeah, exactly. I think that all those things are possible, but like, you know, ultimately, you got to say like, how did it first strike you? Like, yeah, what was, yeah, yeah, was yeah. your first impression? Yeah, yeah. And my first impression was that he was getting that both of them are acting emotionally. That he is legitimately spun up about the like religion. I, I think so too. Yeah. Bothers him in a in a real way, and that the way that religion was being talked about uh, was something that that other guy is like not comfortable with, not used to, and that he yeah. reacted legitimately. Yeah, Marty says in an earlier episode, everyone here is religious except yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, and the guy, he, the way he introduces it, he's like, "Oh, so you think it's all a con?" Yeah. You know. But I think an interesting thing to think about, so what he's really mad about, he's like, because uh, this is actually when I said I Googled a line that I forgot to write down fully, it is this line. Like, I, I have it written down too. Uh, and so he, he says, the point about the desperate entitlement, me, 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 I, 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 you know, surely this is all for me, I'm so important. Yeah. It's Basically, he's rebelling against existence and his own existence. Like, that is what the ego does, that we have a consciousness that does filter things with respect to their importance for us so that we can exist and live. I mean, it's a good thing. You, you, if you don't have it, you're, you are psychotic. Uh, but his psyche has ravaged him by doing that. Like, you know, he's just been hurt over and over again, I think by that, and he's still hurt and he's upset about it. And the way, the story that he's telling himself right now He's doing basically what he's describing contemptuously. He's telling himself a story and basically conning himself into believing it. You know, this whole world is nothing. Like that's as arrogant, you know, to say nobody's important, none of this matters, is as arrogant as saying I am the only thing that matters. And it's kind of saying I am the only one that matters because I'm the decider that all of this is bullshit. Uh, so I think, I mean, Rust is cool, but he's got a lot to learn here. 
I think. I mean, you know, he's in pain. Yeah, I, I think that he's, yeah, I mean, the, uh, easy enough to draw a direct line to episode one and whenever he's talking about uh, consciousness being a mistake. Yeah. I think this is just like the natural offspring, outshoot of that of like, you know, if if you do, and like, I don't know, dude, I I think that there is plenty, of, like I, it seems to me like there's things that point to the idea that like, uh, I mean, like, how do you square evolution you know what do you mean like uh if you look at how other creatures seem to have come to be the way that they are it seems like there are a lot of like weird outcomes and missteps nature has much mystery in it so that's where faith comes in i think for me more than like you must believe that the wine is blood i mean it's not within the bounds of our minds to be able to comprehend creation on its actual scale. I agree with that. And so I think a true test of faith is like, could God redeem this child murdering cult? Could all of this somehow be okay in the end? I don't see a way. If, if I said yes and you said how, I, I, I have nothing. There, I, because of my human brain sees that it's the abyss for me. Like to to do that, even though the show does make it basically understandable how these people came to be, it's still like incomprehensible evil. But there is like a certain belief in God that is greater than that. And I think that's what the minister's, you know, sermon is getting at. Like the tears will eventually be warm rain. And we don't always know, like we, we cannot know the full picture and there is pain on the way. And so I, I think it's like a, a huge component of faith is like maybe things can ultimately get better like at the very end. But, may, you know, that's the ontological fallacy of the light at the tunnel, according to Rust. Um, I'm not waiting for it, though. I think we have like another clip coming up, uh, you know, about needing a reward or whatever. I think that is maybe Rust has some points there uh, because whatever it looks like on the other side is... It, we can't know just like what, what it looked like before this. Um, but the possibility that there is a way for all of this to be redeemed, I think is almost like the definition of faith, but, or hope because it's like the rational mind can't prove it, but nor can it prove the negative that it's not the case. You know what I mean? And so I just look in my heart. It's not even like a faith. It's like a gnosis. Like I, I don't know. I just, it seems like something I know, but in a way that like you, you can't prove it to the money ballers. I actually, I was a, a tutor in college, like for a religion professor and you know, it's college. You're supposed to learn to think critically and write about it. And we made kids explain their religious beliefs basically in the class. And I remember a kid saying basically exactly what I just said, where he was like, I don't know. I just don't know. And I remember being like, all right, well, this is, this is not an A paper then because you can't just tell the professor, like, I don't know, but I just know. Uh, and I'm almost feeling a little bad now because I feel like uh, that was right for him to learn how to write a good paper to be a scholar or a student of religion. But uh, in many ways, I was just myopic and not aware of a broader, you know, more holistic way of knowing or, you know, internal belief or something like that. So if you're listening, John, I'm sorry. I would have given you an A minus. But like uh, to kind of, you know, I, I, I think I've established I don't uh, fully agree with Rust at this time in my life. 
But to defend his beliefs, you know, just in, in the course of uh, trying to present a full picture of our understanding of the show, um, I would point to something like uh, the fact that we all have an appendix, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, I think our common understanding and life is complicated. Or is our understanding of anything correct? Who knows? But our understanding is that it's a organ that is not necessary. And I mean, like, that's clear enough to prove people take it out and they don't die. Um we all agree on that, right? I see you yeah, furrowing my, your my brow. My mom's had her appendix removed. Yeah, and she's, yeah, she's, she's, she's not She's walking dead. around, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, so you like... You uh, have your leg removed and not die. Yeah, yeah. Well, but appendix removed and like not meaningfully changed and then you kind of notice yeah, 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 that does seem to be the case for her. Yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, you know, if if that's true, then it seems possible. That's... that. A, the likeliest explanation that I can tell from that is that like nature makes mistakes or like not all the things are needed for, you know, like there are some missteps that, that have some, See, that are, me, are head like, scratchers. When you say mistake and misstep, it presupposes an end goal that you at least nebulously have in your mind. I mean, I if, if I, there was a God making us, why would he include something that wasn't necessary? I mean, beyond just saying like, you know, I can't understand his plan, which like is, I, I think that's a valid viewpoint. I agree with you. But yeah, like, well, it's not not necessary. I mean, we, no one thinks that the appendix just, it's, I don't think anyone, it's a vestigial organ, right? Like it had a function at some point. That's my understanding. So like the, the extended coccyx on the tailbone or whatever, because we used to have tails. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's not superfluous. It's just on the way out. Yeah, but if, if there's, yeah, okay. I see what you're saying. Because, I mean, the, in an evolutionary sense, a mistake would be like this whole organ gets made. And Never had a purpose. Calorie. Yeah, like that would be insane. That would be like it, the true like demiurge was experimenting in the laboratory and was like, fuck it, give him an appendix. Like, I don't know, we'll figure it out later. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not like that. So to me, but that still shows, dude, the hand of selection is death, bro. It's death and pain and consciousness is pain sorrow pins us to this place like he said i mean that's like pain and sorrow is consciousness we're filtering for threat detection first and foremost we like affiliative shit is much later i think um and that's really like you know what we're all about like community doing something good like working cooperatively as organisms but i think the fact that we've gotten better at that maybe over time or at least in some contexts does suggest to me that you know a peasant in you know 3000 bc was like fuck this fucking sucks dude like what's the point and i'm like well eventually dude we'll, we'll be able to chill and people won't Do you have think to... they did i i actually don't i, I don't, don't it's so impossible to imagine what their minds must have been like i mean to bring it back to the show russ says i think it was this way ever since one monkey looked at the sun and said he told me to give you give me your fucking share yeah like there's a book, The Origins of the, like the, the Origins of Consciousness and the Bicameral Mind. It's from the 70s. It's been like widely disproved on scientific levels. But the thesis is very interesting that like basically traces the rise of religion uh, to the rise of agriculture, which does make sense like historically, because that's when we had surplus. So that's when we could start having, you know, class distinctions uh, among people. But it's like yeah he told me to give you me your fucking share like that is a cynical way of looking at it but i also was like well actually though who was the first monkey to be like we have shares you know 
Like that's an interesting thing to think about because uh, like, that's property and ownership. Kind of. I mean, like, it seems like that that's just like share could just mean like what you're eating right now. Right? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, so, like, I think that it depends. Must have uh, like that. So you picture that's like, not an invention. They're all, they're all hanging around the bison that somebody just killed. And it's like, yo, give me your, your plate. Yeah. Because like, God told me I get your plate. You don't get a plate. Mm-hmm. yeah that's what that yeah that's interesting because the way i think about it is like the best hunter the group like if you read about like uh the tribes or whatever like the how they're communal versus individual is like you hear like margaret mead or like whoever wanting to like rom- romanticize like primitive or not western people and they're like they share everything they don't have property they love each other blah 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 it's like a lot of them are very abusive. You know, I mean, like these are violent societies often. And there's always my big problem with uh, Howard Zinn. Yeah, oh, for sure, dude. Yeah. Fuck Howard Zinn, dude. No, I, mean, I agree with 90% of what he says, but I, I, the idea I agree with that, the spirit, the spirit I'm with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The spirit I'm with. But yeah. it's, he's some nonsense. I mean, he seems to be taking some real odd views of the facts definitely. in service of making some agree points. On that. But they're good points, you know, the points he's trying to make. Yeah, yeah, I see what he's saying. But, like, yeah, calm down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, they're another, like, so in those kind of, like, just to close the loop, like, in a lot of these societies, if you kill a big elk and you're like, I killed this elk, dude, I'm going to eat it. Like, the tribe will kill you. And they're like, they're like that's our, that's the tribe's elk. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's like we're always competing for resources, and we're always figuring out how to get our share within the group that we care about. You know, unless you're a pure psychopath uh, who only cares about yourself. And even they usually care about like their immediate family, uh, like in the literature. So I don't know. I, I feel like Russ, again, is just he's painting with a very broad brush here. Yeah. So just to finish the thought, yeah, I think you got where I was going, but I, I haven't gotten there yet. And, you know, whatever. Um, the appendix thing, you know, like that he's just viewing consciousness is essentially the same thing. Yeah, I think that is right. I'm glad you, I didn't fully get there. I'm glad you goes out. <laughs> uh, yeah, he says that, right? In an earlier episode? I mean, not about appendices specifically, but, but like, yeah, he says consciousness is a mistake. mistake. Yeah, that's yeah, a clip yeah, yeah, we played yeah. on the, on the podcast. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, um, if, if you think that, then watching the things that people do like uh because they're trying to because they don't view it as a mistake like that's a pretty big challenge to your worldview right and like people don't like being challenged um <laughs> whatever dude <laughs> i know i know he just gave a look <laughs> you know that you did don't act i smiled <laughs> i'm not allowed to smile I now smile <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> I love being challenged. Iron know, sharpens dude. iron, dude. There's nothing very else that'll so. do it. Very much. Uh, I crave challenges. That's why we're here. Um, I just wish you'd give me one. <laughs> one day. <laughs> uh, but so fucking, uh, you know, he's, he, he, like whenever he sees these people trying to imbue meaning to their consciousness, like he thinks he's already solved this test 
And another answer is going to be somewhat threatening. Like, I think it's like just yes. asking why this guy who's so stoic in so many instances, although not perfectly, obviously he's going out of fucking control and smashing people overhead with toolboxes. Yes. But in general, he shows more self-control than like the average person. And he totally loses it at the mention of this. I think it's because like he's like, don't you fucking see it? And like, if they don't see it, then it's not sufficiently obvious for it to be like definitely true and like he thinks it is definitely true so he's like man it's fucking annoying like y'all talking about how like you know that god puts you here like yeah. a fucking lightning bolt hitting uh the water puts you here you know mm-hmm. like it's, mm-hmm. i i don't have a good understanding of what the primordial ooze is or whatever yeah, mine is mostly from the biology textbook at Excel. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because I, I did didn't teach a semester of biology. There. Didn't say something about lightning. Yeah, it's, it was something like the RNA strands. Eventually, the molecules became RNA, and then eventually they made themselves. Yeah, and then at once the once that happened, it was like which ones were going to make themselves, and that was the start of natural selection. But they're very hand wavy. <laughs> like, like, what the fuck? And then it's like, I guess RNA becomes DNA. Uh, and I, I don't like. I've, I've asked my, my, my friend Josh like science a lot and and talks about and he he has a podcast on the Blow Up Podcast Network about science. And uh, that's what's up. He, uh, it's called Riding the Taurus. If anyone's interested, the Taurus. Yeah. Okay. Um. And so uh, I asked him about it and. I did not gain an answer I can repeat to you. All right. I, but I certainly un- understood, one, that he knew more about it than I did, mm-hmm. and two, that he seemed like he would have laughed at the Excel textbook. Interesting. All right. So okay. that's what I have for you. Fair enough. But if that's what you think's going on, you know, just like fucking lightning hitting water or whatever the fuck else. I think yeah. he said something about a meteor. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I think Prometheus is real. That's my understanding. <laughs> okay. Um, but, you know, if if it's just fucking lightning hits water and some shit happens from there, yeah. like all just kind of going off, then like, yeah, dude, it's, it's such folly to have people be like, but what what does it mean that the lightning hit the water? It didn't mean it. All it meant that there's some fucking static in the air, you know? Yeah, but I don't believe that, dude. No, I don't either, but Russ does. Yeah, or he says he does. But he I agree with Marty. He, he sounds panicked. He's See, uh, trying to convince himself. Let's play the clip. I uh, I don't, I don't know. I, that was a question I had for you. Does he literally sound I mean, he scared? He's not like, eh, oh, God's not real. You know, but I mean, I guess like, it's what I'm talking like what I already said of like, it, he does get like more worked up about this than. Yeah, I think he's, he's like, you're worried. Like you're shook. He's, I think he's like, you sound shook. He's interested in proving a point to Marty in a way he's usually not. Yeah, yeah. Like true. most of the time, he does not give a shit if Marty understands what he's saying or agrees Very with it. Very true. Good and point. this time, he's like actually trying to convince. But yeah, let's play the thing. And can you imagine if people didn't believe things they get up to? Exact same thing they do now, just out in the open. Bull shit. It'd be a fucking freak show of murder and debauchery, and you know it. If the only thing keeping a person decent is the expectation of divine reward, then, brother, that person is a piece of shit. And I'd like to get as many of them out in the open as possible. I guess your judgment is infallible, piece of shit-wise. 
You think that notebook is a stone tablet? What's it say about life? Hmm? You gotta get together. Tell yourself stories that violate every law of the universe. Just to get through the goddamn day? No. What's that say about your reality, Marty? When you get to talking like this, you sound panicked. First of all, I never noticed the, the mix bringing in the worry about it, like as he's worrying about it. That's pretty sick. Uh, I love this show. It's a great show. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, I think I scored that one for Rust. Does that matter? Is that the point I know, we're supposed well, to take? I think the show kind of makes the point ultimately later uh they there's a line that marty comes in after three days very religious uh phrase right there uh looking like shit came in through the sunroof and i think the point is kind of yeah we're pieces of shit but we came in through the sun like we're pieces of shit but we have uh, there's a higher self that we can strive towards there's like a community or like a, a higher good but we are pieces of shit dude i do believe that i think the catholics have that part right but Thank we you. can be better. Like, and we, you know, and arguably have gotten somewhat better. I mean, now that's fucking Steven Pinker. Uh, but, you know, like the, like, things are getting better argument. I think it's pretty clear that things are getting better. Under many metrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, like, w more children in America are suicidal than ever before. There are some troubling aspects like, of modernity. That's not tight. But, you know, you got to... Like, I don't think it's satisfying to say to the question of are things getting better? Well, some things aren't, some things aren't. Like, I fucking think, have an answer. No, I think it's like uh, things are usually, you know. On balance. Are more things getting better than at a faster rate than the we bad things know, are getting man, worse? Because it's infinite. Like, I really do think that because that actually brings it back to a point we were kind of touching on earlier about, like, the evolution you know, there's so much pain and suffering in this existence. I mean, I guess one way of saying it is would you rather live 100 years ago? No, because I live now. Like the same, you know what I mean? Like I do not. I think if you ask someone a hundred years ago, would you rather live a hundred years ago? They would also say no. Because we're always making progress. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. But what about someone who lived in Rome like after it fell? Or someone who lived in Britain after the Romans left and they were like fuck. There are some very interesting examples in history where or we do take steps back, but I feel like those Indian, are all so far in the past that we've Indian overcome in that. Fifteen ninety two. If they are, you know what I mean? Ask but someone in fourteen ninety three. Don't you, you think it's interesting that uh, we that all the examples you're reaching for are so far ago? Well, they're just the obvious ones because I'm also embedded in this Whiggish narrative that everything's getting better all the time. I mean, I get it materially, yeah, but I, I you know, people think we're destroying the climate to do it. You know, obviously, don't get me started. I don't know enough about the science to weigh in. Let's not do it. Good. Uh, but I will say I don't oh, no. see any room He's for... He's going to say something. <laughs> First of all, I'm vaccinated, so I can say whatever I want now about the, <laughs> okay. the other shibboleths. Uh, is the, the same shit we were saying about sabermetrics, you know, applies. That's all I'm going to say. So, uh, yeah, no, I understand. I also have complex views on the subject. Yeah. Oh, but dude, evolution, pain, part of life... Is like two, okay, every day, dude, I eat multiple animals, like in their whole families. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To them, we're Errol Childress. 
You know what I mean? Like who's Errol Childers? The killer and True Detective. Oh, okay. Like we're the worst. Well, I didn't watch them. I, I've My stuck bad. to very disciplined. You're right. My bad. But you know what I mean? Like we're bad to them. But like you I think it's okay. You spoiled the show. Not really, dude. They <laughs> no, never I know. Named I, them. I like, watched the yeah, yeah, yeah. show when it came out. Um, I just have used drugs since then, so I don't remember any of it. True. That is true. Did, well, I get now I'm worried that I'm going to spoil stuff for you. Uh, no, I, I, yeah, no, it's fine. All, all I'm saying is like, it, it, we're evil for somebody. Like we're the yeah. darkness for somebody. Sure. And so, you know, and we have our piece of shit aspects. I mean, we live in this grubby material existence where we kind of have to be like, man, mine, mine, man. You know, like you just have to, uh, there are transcendent moments. And Not if you, you can supplement that. Not if you vote for Bernie. Dude, okay. I gave Bernie money, cynically, uh, but I've never voted for him. But overall, it seems that socialism or anything that's like group-oriented politically in this climate is an effort to better your circumstances. It's basically saying I'm not getting enough under the current regime, unless you're like a, a wealthy socialist. Like me. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, like you. Uh, like, do you think, and I don't want to get, I mean, Bernie's got a lake house. That's what, you know, Fox news told me that. Yeah. 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 That makes me like him more. I know. Uh, but did you think that you would not benefit materially if Bernie Sanders won? I thought you thought you would. Well, when at that time, yes. And even like, but now I'm with the healthcare. Like, do you, do you think if Bernie won now, your healthcare would get better or worse? Like if somehow uh, he was president and had the, the situation would be better because I could no longer have it taken away if I were fired. But like the one I get through my employer is very robust. Yeah. It's pretty tight. That's good. I mean, you know, I don't get sick that much. So yeah. Well, you're vaccinated. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But, uh, no, I just, to me, I guess the part of that that I'm focusing on is the conversation about uh, whether or not religion is playing a role in our society of uh, causing there to be less crime, I guess is the way that I'd want to phrase that most yeah. safely. And I I think that Marty's crazy. Huh. Interesting. What, what do you mean? Like the, there's people out there that were going to kill someone, but they were like, eh, you know, it's said in the book not to. No, I think it's more like you grow up, like the murderous part of your heart gets so buried by like the, the culture that you don't kill people as But I much. think that there's a strong incentive for us to create that culture regardless of like religion. But who's to say the religion is not part of it, dude? Look at this godless age and what we end up worshiping, dude. I think part of our brain But our has, murder rate's like, lower than a more godded age. Yeah, I think that's true. That's true. So you think God causes murder? Or you think no, the no, no. I, I think that Marty's idea that religion is causing safety, I, I don't think there's a relationship between religion true for him. and safety. Uh, well, he thinks it's true for him. I think that's kind of one thing because later he's like, rules describe the shape of things. Like you need them. He's, t I mean, he's wrong about himself certainly. Yeah, and he doesn't like, pay attention to rules at all, except when they work to his advantage. The Bible rates fucking murder and adultery as the same. Like it's I mean, just it's in the list of things you don't do. It's in the stone tablet that he accuses Rust of thinking he has. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> and he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I would say again, his does. fucking life proves that, uh, you know, that what's holding the fabric of society together is not like, it's that we care about each other. 
Yes, I agree that that is a large part of it, and I that's the part that there's I been plenty like of times in my on. life where I I did not have any religious belief and would suspect that there was not a god, and throughout that entire time, I cared about people. I would say you were you still believed in God. You just your consciousness wasn't letting you know it, just like rest. Okay, I accept that as an interesting perspective that maybe it may be true. However. I still think that my point stands. Yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying. That's a good point. I do think Russ's judgment is infallible piece of shit-wise. I do. He, yeah, he I think it's right. a pretty we easy are system. We pieces of shit, but we can fucking transcend at times. Yeah, like figuring out, like like his thing of like, you know, anyone who, uh, like setting up some kind of rule, but like it's not like Rust is saying, you know, I, I can just figure it out. He's a, looking at him. He's a piece of shit. He's not. He is. It's like saying, if you do this, then you are a piece of shit. Like, that's no, not no. saying that you have an infallible piece of shit detector. It's just defining what a piece of shit is to you. I think he thinks of a piece of shit as someone who is what he said, like me, me, me. When yeah. He, like, because they're, when they later talk to Charlie Lang, like, uh, spoiler alert, they talk to him again. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, whatever happens, like, you don't have to spoiler. No, no, no. I don't remember the dialogue. But as they're walking out, because he's like, how does this affect me, basically? Like, I guess when he finds out. Wait, do they talk to Charlie in this episode? No. Okay. They identify that Reggie and Charlie used We're to be. bunkmates. Yeah. For uh, the last four months of their stay. Sharing a house with a man. I like that, like, jail term. Like, sharing a house. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh but like he's like fuck him like he, all he cared about was himself like mm-hmm. I, so i think he is right that we all have that you know so yeah, i don't know i think that's kind of what consciousness is it's a filter for what matters to you but that's why you have to get into that holistic more like level 2 thinking so that you can care more about other people and get this bro in the first episode right the locked room is consciousness we agree on that with this episode now it's kind of like a metaphor in the show yeah like the box the locked room i'd say it's obvious to be, like you know russ says that right like yeah. whenever he uses the words i think so the like the sh- i think the show uses it repeatedly and the show is in many ways like just people in various boxes with but i'd love to understand more of what he meant i well, wouldn't say it was, i felt real great about well, consciousness it. boxes you in with yourself you like you sure. never fully understand what another person you i'm sure of all people after this episode can relate to that like other people are never going to fully understand you. You're never going to fully understand other people. We're all in locked rooms by ourselves. You know, that's why like the human condition is one of alienation. But in... It's what the, Yankee Hotel Fox trots about. For sure. Also what True Detective is about. So sticking with that. In the first Fair episode, <laughs> uh, when they're with Charlie, dude, get this, dude. So they're in the box, right? They're in the locked room. And I think with the glass between also adds like a meaningful layer. I don't think they had glass actually in that though take it back but there's a fucking closet in the room where they're talking to charlie and guess what it says dude there's like a sign on it and it says wheelchair inside closet how do you get out of the box dude with other people what's the final scene of the show dude it's marty wheeling rust out into the night to look at the light pretty fucking sick you know what i'm saying i think that's on purpose like, I think they put that wheelchair inside closet sticker on there on purpose. Pretty I'm cool. not sure. And it's, I, I think otherwise they would be like, why is that there? It's an interesting perspective. Like I'd the like only to other sign says fire extinguisher. You know what I mean? 
I, I, if I were directing, I would be like, if I don't want that sign in there, it has to go. If I were directing. Sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I definitely appreciate the possibility. Good. Yeah, yeah. I didn't um, mean to spoil the last episode for you. No, I, I remember the, <laughs> I remember the very end. Yeah. Um, but uh, I do think like that a reward for doing a good thing is like ultimately that's all the only reason we do good things. Like at least for me, it's even when I don't think it's going to reward me, I ultimately am anticipating like a meta reward of feeling good about doing the right thing. Of course. Like I'll get feel good chemicals yeah. or I'll avoid feel bad chemicals. Easy for me to like anytime I ask myself why I do anything. Yeah. You can find the reward if you're thinking about it. Enough, like for sure. Uh, I went, I went to guitar center and sold them something. I can't even remember a microphone maybe mm-hmm. uh, that I wasn't using. And they paid me a hundred extra dollars. Like mm-hmm. they gave me an extra hundred dollar bill mm-hmm. like when they bought it for me. And I didn't realize it. And I was driving home and I was like, fuck. Like I saw it and I was like, my first thought, I admit, piece of shit. I was like, sick, free hundo. And I was like, God damn it, dude. That guy could probably get fired. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and I was like, well, he should. He's bad at his job. <laughs> like he's giving away hundos. He's probably not going to get fired. Well, dude, so I pull, I turn around, I brought it back. They tell me I'm wrong because they like, they're like, we, we, we counted it, dude. We didn't do that. I'm like, well, I, I didn't have any $100 bills in my wallet when I got here. I now have three. Your receipt says you only gave me two. Do you want it back or not? You know? And then they like went back. They were like, we got to talk this over. I don't know if they, there's an accounting thing where they would have had to admit and like tell a boss or something. Like, why did the you safe open up? You might have more problems. Exactly, dude. But it's like, my whole point is like, I, wa- I didn't think I would go to hell if I kept the $100, but I did think I would go to like personal hell. For like you, do, yeah, like, dude, you judged it was more valuable than a hundred dollars, whatever feeling to you would do have the right had thing. Of, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, it felt yeah. like the quote unquote the right thing. Like maybe it was just I wanted to feel like a good person, and I didn't really you want to be able to know, tell this story if, on if your I, podcast. Yeah, yeah, I, the whole plan, definitely. <laughs> yeah. In fact, we can end the episode right here, and we don't have to do next week either. <laughs> well, we haven't moved off the first scene yet. Yeah, really? Fuck, we've jumped a lot, but okay, let's keep going. Um. So, uh, next thing I recall is, uh, Rust is mowing Marty's lawn. Woo, boy. Woo. I'm just flipping through my notes just to get there. And I mean, we still left plenty, like, you know, we didn't really talk about the guy's balls getting cut off. I, I, mean, I what am more interested to say in your about thoughts it. on compassion is ethics, like just that sentence, but I feel like we'll never get to the mowing lawn. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it struck me as a sentence I should think about for a while, but I, I don't know. It. So it's like he braces Bert, you know, but the subtitle says, has Russ saying, I'm not going to hurt you. Because at first I thought it was like Russ beat the shit out of Bert. Like, no, and, and yeah. That, yeah that's yeah. what I thought. When it, what, what does brace mean? You know, but I think he meant he like he pressed them hard and then Bert freaked out. Uh, and then he's like, compassion is ethics. And then he's like, yes, it is. I, I don't really get it. Maybe he's saying no one's compassionate, no one's ethical. I mean, I think that maybe, like, whatever Russ is saying, yeah, it is, I think that that's him, a possible, what that strikes me as is uh, him saying, like, it's it's not as big and complicated as this guy is saying it is. Like, you can just treat people right, and, like, it doesn't, you don't need a god to tell you to do that. 
Yeah, it's an interesting point. And so, like, he's trying to say it as, like, you know, Bible tells me compassion is ethics. And Russ is like, well, I didn't need a Bible to tell me, but I figured that out myself. That's interesting. That's a good point. I'm not sure if it's right. I don't think there's right or wrong, dude. Sure, sure, sure. I agree with that. Um, Except for baseball. Okay. I mean, people do win and lose. Very much. If you want to know what the people who win consistently think, I can tell you. But if you don't. I'll stop trying to force it on you. I didn't know you were trying to force it on me. I do. I mean, you know, I feel like we've covered it. I just, I just it. wanted to make a little, a little um, callback, a little callback. Yeah. No. Uh, you know, I just like uh, Rust and Marty. It seems like so much of their conversation in this episode in particular is just whenever you have this opportunity to sound some say something where it sounds like, boy, I just fucking devastated. Hmm. I just felt like, uh, you know, they don't pass it up, and I'm. What can I do but follow the examples in front of me? Oh, you were. You're right. You were referring to the devastating comment you just made. Yeah, totally. I, I agree. There were so many of them just this episode. Rubble. I had to go through the rolodex. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, mow the lawn, dude. First of all, can we take the <laughs> life skills pledge that we will never mow each other's lawns? Do you yeah. have, like? Do you mow your own lawn? No, I don't either. Okay. I guess we're lawn cucks, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have. I, I haven't mowed a lawn since Excel. I've got two mowers. Wow. It's just, I whatever. Yeah. The previous owner left one, and I don't know if it works. I've never tried because pretty much immediately upon moving in, like the housewarming gift that my dad wanted to get us was a lawnmower. Oh, nice. Okay. It, like, it's, it's a wonderful piece of equipment. It's a considerable investment to give up. Like, I don't want to be ungrateful, but it's like... Did he not see how much I hated it every time he told me to do it? <laughs> oh, you had to mow the lawn growing up? Yeah. Okay. That was so, not a chore. Like, I come kind from of a long fuck line you. of lawn cucks. He definitely did not mean it as a fuck you. But yeah, yeah, like, yeah. To I'm be sure like, he thought of it as like Hank Hill, you know. Because like, he would always tell me like, you know, once it's your lawn, you'll get it. And so like he certainly just thought that it was continuing to be yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. And Damn. like, no, nope, turns out I was right. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah dude you know you give someone 30 bucks they'll do it for you for sure a guy accosted me in my driveway yeah to be like yo i'll mow your lawn and now he does <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah. how bad was your lawn looking i mean it's not great i've never got uh i don't think code compliance has ever gotten me here okay I, every other city i've lived in i'm <laughs> scoff law dude i don't give a fuck <laughs> You run into the code compliance. I'm the worst lot. neighbor. Yeah, definitely. Oh, My fence no. is falling apart now. I've noticed <laughs> that. I gotta fix that. Yeah, I <sighs> I don't know if I feel good about fence law. I don't know much about it. I mean. I'll tell you, my next door neighbor and I have had some fucking squabs over trees and, you know, who pays for what. It was described to me uh, by our, our good friend that it's it's a very simple whichever way it's leaning. What do you mean? Like, you got the fence. If it's leaning towards their side, they're legally obligated to fix it. If it's leaning towards oh, your wow. side, you're ob- obligated well, to fix it. I, they have a fence. Next, they, we both have fences. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah, double yeah. fence. Which seems And hers is like a deal. shitty little wire one. So, like, mine is clearly mine. Yeah. But her okay. plants are going through it, dude. I'm about to firebomb her plants. Well, no. Not really. Yeah, please don't Can do we take that. this out? No, I'm just kidding. No. I'm not going to. Um... But yeah, so the the you know yard mowing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I want to definitely like give you as much room to say anything about it as you want, but I I have a a, a thing to go on. Okay. Um. So a thread that I picked up on, like you know, I, an important part of self discovery for me has been in the last couple of years, I've tried to be more fastidious about any time I get mad to ask myself later why I was mad. Sure. And, you know, I don't know. It's a simple enough thing, but I don't know. I don't know that I did it all the time before a little while ago. And I've found it to be very interesting. You can learn a lot about yourself. Go on. And for me, it's like most of the time, a lot of the time, something about control is involved of... I want to feel like I am significant in the way that Rust suspects that I do. Uh-huh. And whenever I'm receiving messages back that show that other people do not agree with that significance and don't think that my the ideas or commands or anything hold any weight, then that creates a lot of insecurity that I respond to by being angry. Wow. And so maybe that's I'm un- just... That's universal, I think. I think so. Yeah. But maybe I, I'm projecting this onto... But, I noticed two things uh, in service of that in the episode. One, that Marty is not happy inside the house and his emotions boil over, but he's fine inside the house. What really pisses him off is that he's saying hey to Russ and Russ is still walking. Like, I'm sure he was pissed off about the lawn thing. But whenever you're like, whatever you're saying, like what immediately occurs before he like runs up to him and spins him around and starts yelling, it's him calling for Rust and Rust not turning around. Huh. Like he's ignoring him. And then uh, whenever we get to the other time, the Marty's mad and he's holding that young man down on the bed and saying, did she suck your dick? Yeah. Whenever the guy just answers the question and submits, he's immediately not mad. Great. Great point, man. So I I think that like you know the the psychology of Marty here is that uh, like it's there's a lot of things going on, but like the main one is like if you're respecting his authority, he's okay, and if you're not, he's not. Yeah, no, dude, I think that's right. Uh, I don't think we touched on this. That's what he says in in the first episode about all detectives. He's like, it's all about how they manage authority. Yeah, I that's a great connection, man. Because uh, in that scene. He says hi to the major and the major doesn't say hi to him. Yeah. And then as he's walking out, he flips him off and he's like, fuck that guy. Yeah. You know, but if the major had said hi, he would have been like, oh, the major said hi to me. For you sure. Know, you know, like, yeah, that's interesting, man. Yeah, that's a great point. I was skeptical. I'm glad I didn't interrupt. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's great, man. Uh, I mean, I think he was mad before that, but I agree that what spurred yeah, him into sure. that action, like the action mode yeah. of, of physical contact. Yeah, like he had these he had these issues, but like what made him decide like okay, I am gonna settle these here and I'm gonna settle yeah, yeah. them in the manner of I can honestly about them. I can relate to that a little more than I would like to admit. I fucking hate Oh definitely like if I don't care if people think I don't exist or I don't matter. I really it, like I'm used to that. I had a poem, you know, those foot lockers, you know, the lockers. I don't care if people do. I care if like. <laughs> no, if it's in, a, in an already ongoing conversation and one person decides it's over and just walks away, that does upset me. Often. I know. And I. I'm not talking about you. No, but oh. it, I, I, it's the thing that I've started doing a lot more in the, the context of my marriage. And it's a very bad thing. I shouldn't do it. I just be like, we're done here and then leave. Not even to say that. Just be like. Okay. And then, you know, like not fucking 
it's it's because like it's not like the fucking evil part of my brain that's whispering things to the rest of it yeah. is like you know how much that pisses you off wouldn't it be cool to hurt the other person that much terrible thing i wish that i didn't have an impulse to hurt people at all but i have a pretty See, strong one sometimes well but here's where i think consciousness can be good because i mean first of all i admire you very much for speaking with candor about that that's a hard thing to talk about and i think it's universal i also know what you're talking about you know I'm, i carry a lot of guilt about it and i'm trying to relieve it well that's the thing we can we hurt the people we love the most. it's a cliche dude but we hurt them the most of all people because they mentioned that at excel they told me that they're the only to, until someone loves you like there's you kind of can't kinda, hurt him exactly that's yeah. why rust can only like be attached to the body through darkness and violence like during his period of pain like because to be and you know it actually does bring us to the scene because that's what he and maggie are talking about before marty shows up yeah yeah um and yeah oh that's very interesting man yeah i and then marty is like so in the inside the episode uh they were like, Marty feels weird or dumb because you can't really admit you're upset about the lawn. Like, it's more than the lawn. And I, I kind of get that, but I, like, it never occurred to me that it was not ever just the lawn. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, he's like, my lawn. Like, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting. I'm looking at my notes. I have more notes about yeah, like, yeah. No, I mean it's the continuation of the scene from the first, the one where you know Rust is starting to connect, like just the. They're both the we talked about this in the, the first episode. So do the, the both the wife and Rust are able to, to talk to each other and get things from each other they weren't getting from Marty. It makes Marty aware that like it's proving beyond the shadow of a doubt that he is creating a deficiency in these people. Yeah, you know, and then or so he's not responding to. It. I don't know if it's a deficiency. To, uh, to me, it brings back that atomization point. We're just different and complementary. I mean, I'm not a gender essentialist. I. uh I actually do. Uh, for all my anti-science talk, I read a, a Reddit post once explaining the part of the brain that like this guy thought m makes you transgender. Like he had like read, it was bro science though, but he was like, I'm pretty sure it's all about like this, this chemical and whatever it was. I was like, I'm convinced. Like I was, <laughs> I was like, that makes total sense to me. Like, <laughs> it, it's a scientific thing, but I'm saying like, I'm not really like a gender essentialist like that. But I do I mean, think, I think that there's probably some like brain chemical explanation for like every single thing. Yeah, but it, it's never the whole explanation to I me. I kind of think it is. I don't because it all, the, why? Just I'll keep saying why until you make me leave. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, why are the chemicals there? Why does the brain release them when this happens? It doesn't seem why? germane to the point. Then tell, first tell me why, and then we can decide if it's germane. Do you know why? I don't. No, I don't exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like you can reduce brain the rules. Like when Marty says the rules describe the shape of things, I would say the rules purport to describe the shape of things or they impose a shape on things. Mm -hmm. But it's just the same thing as like consciousness separating out parts of the whole. I think like when you're like, all love is, is I see my daughter and my brain releases chemicals and that's all it is. Okay. You've described the biological component of it. Those same chemicals get released when you smoke weed, when you fuck, when you know, a lot of them. Uh, and yet it's different when you see the child that you produced. You know what I mean? And I, I've yet to see someone actually quantify what that is. Like, I mean, just call me an optimist, but I hope they never do. Why do you borrow a mower if he lives in an apartment? What? Why do you borrow a mower if he lives in an apartment? It's a garden apartment. 
It's a first floor garden apartment. Is there any time that you've lived in one of those and they've required you to keep the lawn maintenance yourself? I have lived in two and they did not. That's true. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great point. I mean, I'm making excuses the way like a Star Trek nerd would. Yeah. You're like, well, actually the converter could have, you know, that's a good point. I mean, they're not perfect. Like the, uh, I, the first episode I looked on the IMDb. To Do see we the, know that he lives in an apartment? It, it may be like a townhouse because there's an upstairs. They just never show it. There's, is there? Yeah, because Marty goes and lives with him. They show a staircase. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but like uh, the the books like on his uh, shelf, like half those weren't published in 1996. It's mm, not a horse. It's not that kind of show, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're trying to give you like, you know. Yeah, but they, yeah. If that's a mistake, that's a mistake though. Oh, well. But it, they're trying to communicate something. I don't know that yeah, it's a I, mistake. I think that they're trying to communicate something they don't care about whether or not it was published in exactly 1996, which I think is a good oh, way to make art. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't care about those mistakes. Yeah, yeah. I mean the mower mistake. That Now I'm going to think about that next time I watch the show for sure. Yeah. I don't care if the whatever book he – yeah. I, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, to me I mean, it's not impossible it, it's, that he needed a mower. Yeah, I mean, you could come up with other reasons. He could be like, maybe he was doing it for someone else. Like, yeah. I, you know, it's not like it's impossible to give an answer to. I would just say that like an obvious answer is not sitting there. Yeah, it seems true. like you would agree. I mean, my garden apartment experience did not include lawn care for sure. Yeah, yeah, it might be like a townhouse situation though. Uh, you know, I'm a. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to enter into a townhouse situation. Yeah, I didn't they, want to uh, blow up your spot, but I, that, they handle the, uh, the that's HOA part of the would, HOA. Yeah, 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 yeah. I well, think that's all of what we're paying for in the HOA. I mean, it doesn't seem like they're doing too much else. You're, yeah, I and it's know. about what we pay the lawn guy. Oh, that's good. That's low HOA. Yeah, yeah, it's reasonable. So you got to do your own maintenance and stuff, then. Yeah, I think like condos. Yeah, I think that's the difference between a condo and a townhouse. Okay. Right. But I'm not sure. I'm only, I mean, I haven't, you know, moved in or anything. I'm, I'm learning. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me in a year. I'll be able okay. to really delve into some particular. I don't know, dude. Issues. I don't think it's fair to the audience to wait a year. We're in the middle of the season. I think we should still talk next week. Also. Okay. Well, just not about townhouse issues. Okay. We can talk about other stuff. Yeah, yeah. At any time. Maybe like episode four. Um. Yeah. Anyway, dude, this is, I've seen. 10,000 of these affairs start exactly this way. Like in doing like workplace, you know, sexual harassment, you know, uh, AKA affairs gone wrong cases. Uh -huh. The like set me up with somebody is a classic like triangulation where two people end up together. Or like, let me talk to my work wife about my relationship problems. It's trying to enter into a situation where you're talking about those. It's putting it's that topic on the table. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, very yeah, 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 yeah. Like if I'm talking with you about another woman and whether or not I'm interested in her, like that means we're talking about the general topic. And exactly. Like, you know what? I'm not really interested in her, but since we're talking, I mean, you seem great. Exactly. Yeah. And like when Maggie calls him later. You know, I tried to explain this to a girl who's mad at me once. She didn't really go for go it. Go on. What do you mean? Like that that I I had a, like I was I was basically attempting to do that. You know, like the the, the thing I just described, um, and like the girl that I used as an example in the conversation of like, Wait, what were you attempting? Oh, do I have feelings for her? Like I knew uh, okay. then that I didn't, but like I was <laughs> oh, trying so to. Because I was, I didn't and then think so Maggie forever afterwards, she'd be like, "I hate that bitch." Like, and I'm like. <laughs> 
No, don't. She's a nice person. <laughs> That's funny. So, it was a mistake that I made. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not with yeah. either of them now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's good. It is uh, good. Yeah, interesting. What do you think when Russ is like, because we know what we want and we don't want to, or we don't mind being alone, you know, when she's like, why do you guys never give, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what do you think of that? <laughs> I think it's right. I mean, I wonder, like, he clearly doesn't mind being alone again, like behaviorally, but I think he kind of does. Like, Anyone who talks that much about how okay they are with it isn't okay with it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. talking to themselves. Yeah. Whenever they're saying that out, they're trying to convince themselves of a thing they're not yet convinced of. I think so, yeah. And the idea that Rust knows what he wants is obviously folly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But on the other hand, I I know what he means. Like no, yeah, yeah. I I am capable of getting by as myself and like it's not a crisis for me in the way some people it is a crisis. Some people have to be like part of a thing in a way that is not helpful to them. That's what I think. Well, you mean like I've in a romantic people. relationship? Yeah, I've met yeah, people yeah. who've been in relationships that it would be healthier forever and if they didn't, but they're terrified of the idea of just themselves. Yeah, no, I'm familiar. Yeah, yeah. I and so also that, could never be me. So but. yeah, yeah. No, and, and but Russ knows he's past that, and so he is drawing some confidence from that. And that's it's like in the ways that you know, like with anything, there's ways in which the thing he's saying is true. There's ways in which yeah. it is not true. The ways in which it is true is he knows that he can get by as himself. He, he's comfortable operating that way, um, and uh, he certainly knows what he finds annoying about some women, sure, or some people. Do you think he likes his date? Uh, probably doesn't have a strong opinion. I she don't know. She seemed nice, dude. It, Maybe a little. She seemed like a throwaway character they didn't bother to develop. Would yeah, be my main takeaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she had that good line where she was like, so does that mean everything feels twice as good? You know, she's clearly trying to like throw a sexual innuendo out, you know, when yeah. they're talking about the synesthesia. Uh -huh. But I kind of, I think it makes the point. Life can be twice as good if you share it with someone or someone's. You know what I mean? Or many times is good once you get out of your locked. I don't know. I I, I think because I mean the, the the true answer to that is surely no, right? Or what no. does he say? Uh, well, I think uh, I don't I don't think he answers it. I think he or maybe I don't know. I, I I'm not getting it right. Whatever it is, yeah. Because I'm like maybe Maggie interrupted, either. but I don't remember. But yeah, I don't know. So what's up? Uh, love that. Yeah, you know, I mean, now we're. Get, I I don't think that there's a lot going on in the uh, the date scene except to uh, set up the you know the real interesting stuff of Marty holding the. But even that's uh, jumping ahead. We're we have any, we're skipping over uh, them talking to Audrey, the daughter, about the drawings and yeah, then having definitely. an extended conversation I, in their I, room. I think that cuts with an, there. Uh, an interview. Like he says in the interview as they cut to it, like there's a futility and responsibility. At least I have that written down. He says that in the interviews, like with the in 2012. But I have that written down right between like notes about that discussion. So I think it's like intercut with which discussion? So the synesthesia one? No, 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 no. The the conversation with the daughter. Okay. I think either like right before or during or after it or something, it cuts back to the 2012 interview where Marty's like, but past a certain point, there's a futility in responsibility. 
And I, I think that I wonder, I like, I found that to be an interesting line. I don't think, I think it is true. Especially since he's talking about responsibility so much in terms of him being a father. And, right. Yeah. But he's like, there's a few, I think what his point is like, but ultimately you, you got to be who you are. You know, ultimately you have to fuck Alexandria Daddario. Uh, I think maybe. And I think that you're probably grounding it in the context more. And I'm thinking about it, like just in a, what could that line possibly mean? Well, that's I don't what really I'm trying remember to saying yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But futility and responsibility, like that would to me just mean like you can be responsible as much as you want. You can't control things. Yeah, no, I think that is the actual way that line is accurate. Yeah, I agree. That's all I wanted to get at. Cool. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, Did you see in that whole conversation? Sorry. No, yeah. no, no. Go ahead. I just found it interesting that everyone in the room after Russ left, like when they were back, is like although marty is acting like he's in charge all maggie clears her throat that's it and then he's like looks at her and he's like oh okay yeah i'll, I'll not say it and then when he tells the other one to leave she won't do it until she looks at maggie and then maggie's like yeah god and then she goes like it's like right he's not even in charge at home you know what i mean like, but he's telling him all these he just the way that this show makes just the it happened several times in this episode happened in the last episode the whole, most hilarious parts of the show are when they're like look at this fucking idiot lying to himself for sure yeah 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 so great yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no no dude. for him to be sitting in 2012 just talking about you know big man you know heavy lies the crown being yeah, the yeah. dad yeah yeah and yeah. like yeah the, and uh the mom they the kids do that several times in the show where they're like Mom, do we actually have to do this? Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, yeah, the 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 world he has constructed for himself. I don't know. It's both of their blind spots, Rust and and Marty and Maggie, dude. I, so, do you think Maggie knew when she was like asking Rust the more personal questions late at night? Two questions about that. Do I think that she knew he was cheating? Yeah, absolutely. No, I, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Do you think she knew? I'm escalating intimacy with Rust right now. Or do you think she was like, sub, that was a blind spot for her? I think that was a blind spot for her. Yeah, I wonder. I, I do too. But I'm, I don't know. I, I don't remember how this works out. I guess maybe yeah, I'll I'm, just, I don't want to say. <laughs> okay, okay. Then I guess I'll just It'll be interesting. move on to something It'll be, else. There's a lot to talk about when we do. But, okay. Uh, I mean, it doesn't stop in this episode, I'd say. No, no lawns get mowed though. The, like <laughs> yeah. actual lawns, you know. Yeah, that would be awesome if actually just, just being conflict was like you mowed my lawn again. Like I was really fuck? clear about this. <laughs> I mean, I I think there's an operate. There is a level where he's operating literally. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I think so. I think at, it would be wrong to dismiss like to to see past that and think that the only thing he was saying is don't talk to my wife the way that I talk to my wife. I think he's kind of realizing it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like, because they, it's a long wordless cut or like shot after Russ leaves. And Marty's like bewildered. Like his eyes look very confused. And I think he's like, he's not doing the thing you said where he's deliberately thinking about why he's mad, but he's just like realizing how incoherent his rage is. Yeah. I also found it interesting. And in the, uh, he's a little surprised by how calm he is, I think, in the, in the other example I get. Like, Whenever he, the second the guy's like, yeah, a little bit, yeah, uh, he like goes back. He's like, I'm not a psycho, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, and he's, yeah. So it's, it's the same. I think in both instances, he just doesn't know what to make of himself. Yeah. Pretty wild, dude. Pretty wild stuff, man. Uh, anyway. 
But yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like every time someone says, like, uh, delivers a harsh lesson to a character in a show, it's kind of my reaction. Probably to, to guard against true vulnerability, I, like... Like, if I didn't allow for the possibility that that thing that they just accused, the the flaw they accused the character of having, if I didn't allow for the possibility that that might be true of me, then if it were true of me, then I could really be caught off guard. Mm-hmm. So the way to kind of, like, protect myself is to every time someone's saying something terrible about a person to be like, is that me? That's good. I think that I do that, too. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's bad or good. I just, you know, I'm trying to understand the mechanics. I think it's um, a very powerful route to empathy. But uh, whenever she's like, uh, you know, you're because you won't change, things can only like they can't get better. Yeah. Because how would they change? Like how would the, how good they are change if you won't change? Yeah. I don't know, man. It, I don't think that I do have. I'd say I am pretty open to change. I think so. But in some that ways. line still terrified me. Which I, I think like, you should. Fuck, yeah, man. It's, it's a terrifying line, dude. Yeah. Definitely. The possibility that that could be true about a person means that it could be true about any of us. And that sounds terrible. It well, never gets any better. How about this? Though? Well, see, you're because jumping. Because of things you're, you're, you're doing, you're it can't get any better? Or it doesn't get as better as it could, you know? Because I feel like another way of looking at it is maybe it is always true of all of us. And it's just our job to find out, you know, where where we're doing these things knowing that we that's our life like we will continually be doing that the only thing we can do besides that is stagnate which is like a fate worse than death or a walking death so you know you got to be have we already said on this podcast imagine sisyphus is happy you know no, that, i don't like, think so fucking quote uh we this, uh can't can't Albert Camus? We uh-huh. talked about him a lot. No, so you know about yeah, The Stranger, the the novel. Okay, we talked. I mean, I haven't read the novel. So I, I don't know. we talked about this. Maybe not. Okay, who's well, on your other podcast? You know who Sisyphus is in Greek mythology? Like he's got to roll the boulder up the hill, and then and, it goes back down to the yeah, hill. Yeah, he's yeah. got to roll it up again. So he basically said, "Yeah, that's the whole deal. You got to fucking imagine that it's possible to be happy doing that." I, it's not hard for me to imagine. Uh, yeah, I fucking I love rolling boulders. I've been to Excel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was in the lit book. I think it was in the, uh, it was in one of them. Maybe it was in one of those like college ones. I read it at Excel. I mean, it's, uh, we definitely never went through all of any book. I think we had different experiences with the lit books. I mean, I had literally different teachers, so I would say that's true. Let's just, yeah. I, it's funny that you said literally. I know. I, I say it unnecessarily a lot. It's no, a just crutch. since we're it's talking about the crutch. lit books. Yeah, that's yeah. all. I I just had nothing to add to it. I just didn't want it to go unremarked upon. I thought it was good. I, I didn't think you did it on purpose, maybe. I wasn't quite no, sure. No, no, no. It's a verbal. I wasn't trying to make fun of you, man. It's I'm a, sorry. I didn't. I, I'll, <laughs> I, I, can, I can handle it. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, I think we, we do have those blind spots. There are ceilings that we're putting on our lives like every day. Uh, we just got to find them, dude. Mac Miller said, the walls keep getting wider. I just pray I never find them, or I hope I never find them, which I feel like is maybe another way of looking at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like Truman Show. It's not the end of the Truman did, Show though. when he walks out. Or, I don't think he did, dude. I think he broke, he got, he's somewhere else now. You know what I'm saying? Death is not the end, dude. I mean, how many times does that line have to appear in True Detective? What else would Mac have been afraid of if not what happened? What do you mean? 
It didn't seem like in that line that he was saying, I'm really excited about whatever comes next. No, in that, in the walls keep getting wider, I just hope I never find them. Yeah. I think he, what are you saying? Seems like, like one way of looking at, like finding them would be in some ways dying, right? Like it's running, like. I mean, I think, yeah, I think he's a poet. So that like, there's a, like as with True Detective, there, you could, there's infinite, I don't mean I to step on your interpretation. I agree with that. I, re- I, in the context of the song, I think it sounds more like he's happy about it. Like he's like, I'm exploring the world. Everything that I think is a wall, every time I approach it, it gets wider. Like there's more to the world. I hit the limit and it's actually, it's not the limit. Yeah. Well, he's not never, learning anything more about the world now. Agree to disagree. I mean, <laughs> I, I just, uh, I don't feel that way, dude. Death is not the end, man. I mean, the entity, the corporeal being that was Malcolm Miller is not walking around on the earth anymore, but he's in my heart, dude. I mean, I've got whole albums memorized. Do you think they had bond me in 1996 in Louisiana? Yeah. Okay. Like that kind, not like rich white people, you know, fast casual bond me or whatever, but yeah. I think that kind. Yeah. Okay. But I'm, I'm not an expert or anything. Cause I feel like, uh, I think Pizzolatto would say, get it out of there though. Right. Cause he's from there. So he would know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just I, I don't have recollection of hearing about Bon Me until certainly I was an adult. Yeah. So like in 1996, I was living in one of the most heavily Vietnamese areas of the country. Okay. <laughs> and I don't remember hearing about it. I didn't know Plano was one of the most heavily Vietnamese areas in the country. I believe it. Dallas and Houston are were both like pretty big focuses of the. Uh, relocation of yeah. vietnamese refugees makes sense i knew that about houston more than dallas i guess every i would say every the year metroplex, right it's like is richardson are there a lot of there's like a vietnamese community there yeah well i mean it would be the same like i i, li- I lived in richardson i went to school in plano like oh, okay, i'm on okay, the yeah. border of the you know so that area like yeah, 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 our yeah. neighborhood is what i'm talking oh, okay, about like okay, okay. they are all kids that yeah like you rode never my bus. me you never heard about me no which you know whatever yeah. I'm not saying it's impossible for it to be in the show. I'm just using my experience as a guide because what else can I do? Yeah. I feel like there's a kid named Wynn in my class pretty much every year. That's funny, man. I, I, uh, they were all pretty cool too. I'm glad that I had that experience. No, I have a really good friend with the last name Wynn, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm not going to say his first name. I was like, am I about to dox him? But this is really funny, dude. So it is a common last name. Uh, so obviously for the listener, we're talking about the Vietnamese name Win, which is spelled N-G-U-Y-E-N. Uh-huh. Uh, and so in class on the first day, the teacher was like, you know, the guy's first, you know, going through the list. And he's like, says, you know, he's like, uh, says the guy's first name, you know, TC. And he's like, Nugin? You know what I mean? And uh, my, my boy's like, uh, it's Win actually. And he's like, ah, uh, okay, yeah. And he like makes a little note on his pad. Next day of class, take and roll again. And he's like, he, he smiles. Like when he gets to this one, he's like, I'm gonna get it right this time. And he's like, Win Nugent? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty funny. So obviously like we've not called him anything but that since. You oh, know what I mean? Great. Like that became his Yeah, yeah, name. yeah, absolutely. Uh, pretty funny. Because uh, I was like, I'm about to say his first name, Win, but it's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's anyway. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, you know, it, it's one of the like. It, I was only thinking about it this week that uh, 
that that was atypical. Like it's crazy to me that you would ever not be able to just because I it was elementary school whenever I had that down. You know, whereas like that guy was yeah, fucking yeah, forty yeah. and he hadn't encountered it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Odd, yeah. odd the differences in people's lives, but I never saw it on me, so I was a little skeptical in the show. But did you eat Vietnamese food? No, not at all. I don't recall there being like Vietnamese restaurants. But there had to have been. Had to have been. Yeah. So I think it's like there was probably banh mi like that. Like they're out in the sticks, you know. But then like would Marty and Russ have found them? Well, I think it's like where, like, I mean, I don't know. In the shot, it was so we're just a big a, dim sum a, family. Not to say that that's the same thing. I understand the I don't even know what that is. It's just like uh, pastries, dumplings, etc. Okay. But of, I think it's primarily Chinese extraction. Okay. All right. So I'm just saying it's not like we only ate at McDonald's. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. That's the only point I'm trying to prove. Cool, cool. Um, but yeah, it's, it's talking about the the, the Audrey stuff. Um, yeah. Because there's so much there, you know. Definitely. If we if we didn't have the uh, the first scene, we could have spent a no, well similarly dude, sized amount I think, on. I think it plays right into the first scene when she's like, "It makes something that should be nice ugly." It's almost like the opposite. Of like, can God make something that should be ugly nice? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, and maybe the whole world makes something that should be nice ugly. You know what I mean? Maybe consciousness makes something that should be nice ugly. Because we need to detect threats and things like that. Like, I really thought that line was like very loaded, man. I, you know, I think you could kind of relate it back to the part of your book you're reading that I was sticking (laughs) with. like the you know the, the it's so funny dude i don't know what i was thinking with that man what I, do you mean it was an hour ago no i know but just like as i closed it and you were like i didn't pay attention to that i was like i don't know why i thought you might like, i wanted to I, no, I know, i'm dude. incapable I, you are capable i mean i'm not uh you know it's you're just, i was trying my heart like when it, whenever i would notice my brain drifting i'd be like no i want to hear this it's funny the part i've listened to so far is good i know it's good i'm sure the rest it? of it would be good i was like i haven't read out loud in so long i'm doing such a good job i'm inflecting like I've, there I were a couple i, I would say on. that you you were uh, i don't, I don't but, i'm telling you know. dude anyone who talked like that long in a block like because what i'm saying is that no, I, I agree would just i can't get listen lost. to audiobooks dude because of podcasts yeah yeah i agree yeah i fucking i buy audiobooks all the time like i change my account to i only get one credit every two months and i still i listen to five minutes and i'm like i would much rather listen to like joe rogan interview brendan schaub you know, then I, like it's very important for me. Yeah, there's something about like just conversation hits the ear in a different it, way it, than. Well, I think it's like a smoother pathway for the brain, so it, it's work to to listen focused on on like one person like that. Yeah, the, the, I think that's why we have YouTuber voice. A and bit. the way that I uh, listen to podcasts always is that I don't just like sit there and stare off into space and listen to the podcast. I have to be doing something else, or else like I will just get lost in my thoughts and I won't be listening. So like that's what I was like. Whenever you're, t- I was just thinking about how I wanted to focus. I wasn't focusing. Yeah. So yeah. like I I don't know how to. Whenever I say like I can't do it, I I don't know how to like if. The thing that is preventing me from focusing is me telling myself to focus. Like, what the fuck else can I do? It's hard. Yeah. I think it's I think impossible. It would be like you would have to practice at it or you would have to be in a scenario like Excel where like it's your ass if you don't and then you would figure it out. But it's I not, was in that scenario and, and my mind would drift. Yeah, that's fair too. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. Stimulant medication maybe for ADHD. I I probably help. ought to get some. I now in in my current job watching how much time is lost to just total lack of control about where my focus is. Uh it it seems like at some point I might. But I don't know, dude. I just worry about the side effects. I probably wouldn't like my brain and life as much if I did it. I mean, it's, it holds no appeal for me. I, I mean, I'm not actually encouraging it, but it yeah. does seem to be a thing. And like, if do. I'm not going to get fired at this level of inefficiency, then I ought to yeah, just I don't tolerate think you're, it. I think you're good at your job. I've seen you work. And dude, I don't know. I like... I just yeah, think I could get my work done in a shorter amount of time. Like it's oh, yeah. it's the kind of well, situation maybe that's your reason, man. where like if my work is done, then uh, you know I, it's not like there's someone standing. I work at home, so like if if all the things that I need to have done for people that are people are depending on me for, then I could just spend that time doing whatever I wanted. Do you know what might help? I mean, it's it's not something I do every day, so I can't you know I can't act like it's like I swear by it to the point of doing it every day. But when I do it, I find it helps is just a little five minute meditation in the morning. Just like start the day off. It's, I don't like it, dude. When I wake up, the idea of meditating, I'm like, fuck that shit. But I think that's like my ego being like, I need to be in control. Like, don't let the other parts, you know, come. I really, I don't like, and have never been able to like have any success with like just the opening routine. Yeah. You have one, right? No. What do you mean? Like you, you somehow got from your bed to this, chair yeah but i mean like now now that i work from home i'll you i sleep with my work computer next to the bed oh my god (laughs) i wake up and i do my first like two hours of work oh my god i used to do that i i don't like that i like it a lot oh it feels like the most luxurious way of living Uh, the thing i hate doing is like waking up and getting up and like having like it's so harsh dude i do agree. i like to slip into the day just slowly yeah yeah when i was like law firm days i was like why does like you can write emails from bed like it's no problem i loved being in a hotel and like working and like that way too yeah that sounds yeah uh so yeah i just waking up and immediately getting your life i just no. why don't immediately okay you got the phone. No, you know what I do, and you're not going to like it, but most of the time I just see what uh, Maddie Y sent me at 5 a.m. that morning and just kind of start off with some ruminations on some good points about policy. Subscribe to Matt Iglesias' is a slow, boring sub stack. Yeah, wow. All right, man. It's always, it's, so it's their first like, thing in the morning. morning meditation. It's their first thing in the morning. Opening. Sometimes, plenty of times it's a topic that I'm not like super engaged on. So I just do some other stuff. Yeah. But reading about like, you know, what best way to spend this infrastructure money to help out the train system. That is a great way to start the day, in my opinion. Uh, just get the juices flowing, thinking about trains. I would rather go to Excel again. I love trains. I mean, I'm not, I like trains. I have some train hobbyists in my family, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I do. Uh, but no. Oh, my God. I don't like touching email well, at all, but <sighs> no, dude. You know what? I did this. Dude, my morning was awesome today. I was the only guy at the skate park for like an hour. Nice. Rule, dude. I'm getting better, dude. Nice. I'm definitely. I might uh, do a little private lesson once or twice you know to get some direct instruction that's cool to next level it i have no doubt uh anyway oh my god so whenever they're talking you know like whenever uh 
Marty and his wife are uh, moving from the discussion with the yeah, daughters. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Just I was wondering what's going on with it. Like, because he, he obviously doesn't like fully break, and it's such a bummer. Well, dude, when he's starting to turn towards the truth and then he stops. I agree. Oh, well, before we get there, I just want to note because I don't want to belabor sure, this. Sure, sure, sure. She says, why is there all this space between us? Uh-huh. Adam's dude, again. You know what I'm saying? Because this the the space between the lights is also God. You know what I mean? Like in the, the sermon. So I just wanted to say that. Now let's get to the real question. When do you think Marty ate pussy last before the scene? I mean, it's obviously it wasn't super. Or I guess we said the dates come after. What dates? The <clears throat> He confronts the Dario after this scene. No, we talked I'm, about it out of order. Oh, shit. Okay. No, but I, you think, you think, well, okay. What? No, I, I was just, I wondered that. You know, because in the, in the scene with Marty and Maggie, he does go down on her. Like Marty goes down on Maggie. He performs cunnilingus on her. Which, which one scene are you talking about? The one we're talking about. Where they're like, they, he's like, I'm fucked up, baby. You know? And then they like, they That's hook up. That's how it ends? I mean, that's no, how I, I took it. I didn't remember. I don't know. It's a it blank seemed space. to me like he was going downtown. This is why I stopped doing <laughs> drugs. <laughs> and I was just like, I wonder how often, you know, Marty's getting down that way. And uh, and so you were saying he's probably doing that with Dario. Is that what you're saying? He's probably performing cunnilingus. Well, I, you were asking when's the last time he did. And I assume that he's doing it with her more often than his wife. We saw, you know, in their intimate scene, like he's fucking diving at that butt every chance. Like, he, he was diving at the butt, but with fingers, remember. But the, but he bit the cake it. I think he bit too. the butt. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. No way. He, the angles, because I thought about that actual sexual encounter could not have included cunnilingus unless she was doing like a wild you know, reverse headstand or something. Just the way he was handcuffed, you know, with the legs yeah. and stuff. Uh-huh. So that encounter, we definitely can, he, he's not a, you know, she comes first kind of guy necessarily. But, you know, not every guy is. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I was I like, know that, yeah. I just wonder how often Marty is actually eating pussy. I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying, we've, we've seen him use his mouth in a sexual manner a couple times throughout the show. It seems true. frequent enough. It's true. Well, obviously he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he said he had a big-ass dick. Yeah, he did say that. I think he probably has a decent-sized dick. Yeah. Not small, mm-hmm. I would say. Did I ever tell you the, or we said on the, the podcast, the, uh, <laughs> the story about the guy talking about the size of his dick at Excel? No. I, see, I tell this so much, I because it's one of the funniest things. Like, I thought it was hilarious. I don't, but I, I might have told it on here. I, I don't know. Um, we had a Muslim student. Uh-huh. Who, uh, who was, we were going down to lunch. Uh-huh. So this is like what, 11 a.m. Yeah, before noon? Like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just the Excel day, you're waking up around everyone. There's a very short amount of time that you have to get dressed in the dorm. Then right. you're going down to breakfast. Then you're going to school. You're not showering in the morning, you're showering right. at night. Right. And uh, he, uh, on the way down, asked someone else to uh, to hold his Quran for him. And we were like, why? And he's like, can't hold it if you've masturbated. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? 
What? Respect. Like, how'd you fucking get it, get it in? And he like was just like, yeah, just went to the bathroom. Nice. Uh, and, uh, you you know, ever do clap, that? Uh, at Excel? No. Like his shadow was like when. And he, <laughs> <laughs> he's like you know between second and fucking third period. He's up, like that, that's what you were doing. And uh, you someone, never just zone out in study hall and have to excuse yourself. No, I shower pretty much every time. Okay, okay. Um, and uh, someone then started uh, making fun of it, like being like, I bet you got a small ass dick, you know? Okay. The topics of dicks had been broached, so they sure. were accusing him of having Let's a small one. Yeah. And in an extremely like serious, matter of fact way, he was just like, <laughs> no, it's medium. <laughs> Honestly, respect, dude. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not trying to dick. It's whack. a great response. It's medium, dude. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's up? It's just it's a it's not showboating. <laughs> yeah, it's a lunch pail dick. I just want to correct the facts because they yeah. are important to me. That's awesome, dude. It's medium. That kid I know from that. He shouldn't have been at Excel. He should. I mean, <laughs> it, no one should have been at Excel. But of anyone who needed something, he needed a lot. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, all I hear is he respects the holy book. And he's honest about his dick size. I to me, this then is uh, being a, a parable in like how uh, limited information. And he has a healthy the... libido. <laughs> yeah. Wow, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, respect to that kid. Because I'm sure I could pick other facts where you know you'd be like, "Boy, it seems like he's having trouble." Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so uh, to the ceiling on your life point, dude. Yes. Bring... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So one thing I noticed while I was watching that was. Uh, I don't think I wrote that part down, but it's like, there's something, oh, maybe, oh, when rust is like, people can't love because the inadequacies of reality will always set in. I think I have that. You want it? Uh, not necessarily. Okay. No, not yet. But I think after we do the Maggie scene, it, it, it makes sense. But the only reason I brought it up was, uh, I, I think it speaks to like things being easier at the beginning. Like, you know, we don't fuck like we're 19, like yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And Maggie's comment about like, you put a ceiling on your life because you don't want change is literally what she's saying to Rust in the kitchen. Like, sure. But she's not mad at Rust about it because well, it's, it's not affecting her. Yeah. But I also don't think she thinks it's like reprehensible in Rust. Like, she's not like Rust is a loser, but she's like, oh, you meant, you know, don't you think you should get a pet, man? But she's or, disagreeing like, with him. I know, but she's not being like, you are worthy of condemnation for it the way she is with marty and i understand the differences i'm just noting the parallels that's it i i, I okay. think it's interesting you know like everybody kind of has that at the beginning of i agree with somebody. all the literal things you're saying i think maggie has some blind spots here where she's seeing in rust more than is there uh in some ways like she calls rust kind yeah, of yeah she wants him to be <clears throat> like the way that anyway, you know like i this is something that I'm when people are wrong, in my opinion, uh, about like me or my character is 90% of the time, like in attempting to ascribe qualities that are true of them to me, that they want to be true of me, but aren't. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a really common human thing. So you think Maggie puts a ceiling on her life because she doesn't want change? I think yes. She's married to Marty. Yeah, yes, that's that's true. I wouldn't say that's like the number one problem in her life is that she's unwilling to change. 
I was just trying to apply the principle that you just. Well, I'm saying like, uh, no, just that the, what she's getting wrong about Rust. I was agreeing oh, with okay. what you were yeah, saying, yeah, like yeah. that she's looking at Rust. Uh, she knows like that she wants this. She wants a man to have these certain things that Marty's not giving her, and so she's very eager to believe that Rust has all of those things. And like just him being sensitive enough to talk about the yeah. fact that his child died, yeah, like that was all she needed to be like to fill in everything yeah, from there. Doing kind a lot of the of way feeling. that he did about the uh, the kid with the medium sized dick. I you did, know? dude. <laughs> like uh, you just get this little bit of information, and you're like, I could draw a full picture from that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and yeah, so yeah, and then, you know, whatever. She's got it. Like Rust obviously is tapped into some things about himself that Marty's not. They have the opposite blind spots. Would you agree with that? Seem, yeah, yeah, yeah. Overall, yeah. Uh, so you know that it's close enough. That that that'll work for her. Yeah, yeah, I think so, dude. I think. You, anyway, do you have? I don't mean to jump in. No, no, it's done. It's a classic move to be like, babe, I'm so fucked up. You know, like when you're getting yelled at, just go, I'm sorry, man, I'm fucked up. Yeah, I was surprised though. I think that's all she wanted to hear. Like at that point, was just like an acknowledgement that things. But he were had not... been pretty dug in to not. What do you mean to not? To not saying I'm fucked up. Yeah, yeah like he, was, he like, was explaining how, like, in fact, nothing's wrong here, but your perspective and expectations. Yeah, no, he hit her with, dude. I've done this one basically, where he's like, if we could just take a break from, you know, the portion that is a hundred percent my fault. Dude. <laughs> yeah. I cringed hearing that because I was like, damn. <laughs> Yeah, I've deployed that one quite yeah. a few times. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just be like, obviously, we can establish it's all entirely my fault. But on the outside chance that there's anything that you might be able to contribute to, why don't we talk about that? And it's like, okay, I guess we're, you know, it's a great way to stop talking about your faults. Yeah, and it's <laughs> also not like uh, addressing the arguments. Like At it's, all. It's exactly. a logical yeah, fallacy. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it's. It's not saying that any of the things you said that I'm doing that are terrible are wrong. Yeah. It's just like attacking the idea of like, boy, you've mentioned a lot of stuff about me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, it's disingenuous as fuck. I'm but not like above it. super effective. Yeah, yeah. No, I I don't know. I mean, my wife is onto it. It doesn't work anymore. And saying, babe, I'm so fucked up. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't work anymore. But uh, it, it's it's weird to see him deploy both so close together is what I'm like. Yeah, I, yeah, I was yeah. surprised by it. And I, I think that there's more things left for me to understand about what's going on of why he like collapses that way. And then I guess it is like proof that he's doing it cynically because I, you know, uh, naive romantic that I am. Uh, you know, I'm half like, like, I, you know, I know what happens in the show some, um, so I know that he doesn't like, just be like, babe, I'm so sorry. I, she didn't mean anything to me. It's That's just it, you, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, fucking, you know, he, he's, he doesn't do that. You know, like, he's like, I'm so fucked up. And she's like, why? And we all know what the answer is. It's well, like super fucking obvious. No, not to me. Hold on. What? The cheating. The cheating is a symptom of him being fucked up to me. Yeah, no, I agree. But like, uh, like it's, it's all of what she's talking about though. Yeah. Henry's scratching the cone. If anyone else is wondering what that noise is. More ASMR. Um, it's yeah. really cute to see him like shake, try to, you know, get it out. I feel bad for the boy. I know. I'm, I'm not happy for him either. Um, but yeah, Yes, I, I agree it's a symptom, but like he's not 
he's not even saying that it could be a sense of anything. He's saying that like it's not going on, right? Like she's like, yeah. What's the distance? And he's like, there's no distance. Do you think the right thing would have been to be like, I've been cheating on you. I'm sorry. I think honesty is most often the right. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I think that would have been the right thing. Yeah, it's hard, man. I mean, you know, you're not gonna move past it by lying about it. Yeah, I mean, I just, in that situation, I just think in general. I wonder. So he tells her he's been cheating on her. Like, what if what if he just stopped? You know, does he got to come clean? I guess she's asking him directly. And so he, he can't lie. He's lying. It's beyond like a, cause so I'm stuttering right now, but like when she's like, I'm close, Marty, I'm close. I read that as kind of, she's always known he's had these issues. Like she doesn't think this is the first time he's been cheating on her. And she's telling him, I have limits. Like you can't, you can't just do this infinitely. Like the girls need you home some, like, you know what I mean? And it's like, that's why I felt like him just being like, I'm fucked up and I'll eat you out. Like it was like enough to reconcile her at this point. Like, you know, yeah, I never, I, I think that I, you know, I mean, there's obvious counter arguments to this, but just like, as a, as a matter of like how to conduct a marriage, I think that talking about divorce, like just fucking do it or don't do it. Like either you're there, either you're there or not. I think it's really destabilizing to constantly be bringing up the specter Oh, I agree with that now. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. I used to be more, uh, not like, <clears throat> let's talk about divorce today. Just make sure we're still on the same page. Like, we could, I know lawyers. Uh, but I do think there's something to be said if you want to preserve the relationship and you think that the person has even, I'll give you a business divorce example. Okay. I didn't really think when I was like, I want to change the direction of some of the ways things are going at work. I didn't think that the people that, that I was working with were going to be very receptive to it. Mm-hmm. But I still told them about it. And I, mm-hmm. I, was, I gave them a chance. And I've, I explained what was going on and what was working and what wasn't. And then they fired me uh, for many other reasons as well. I still feel good that I gave them that chance rather than just like dropping divorce papers, you know metaphorically you know you know what yeah, i mean like yeah. and certainly if like tomorrow morning i woke up and my wife just handed me divorce papers i would definitely be like i would have appreciated a warning you know, i agree with that I yeah i just you know i would say do it you can do it once and she hasn't done it more than once in the course of the show yet yeah yeah but yeah. well marty's out of control dude I mean, I think she's on. He is out of She's control. within her rights to say I'm close at this point. I think she's within her rights to divorce him. <laughs> For sure. I mean, legally, certainly. But I don't think she wants to at that point. Hmm. I think she loves Marty. She doesn't yet know that she wants to, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's an I aspect to that. I think she does that. want to. I don't know, man. I think when he was like, I'm fucked up and, you know, I'll make love to you tenderly. Like, that's a level of intimacy that she was missing. And I think I I think you're right. It's a band aid. Uh, there's there's more to happen, but I, it does seem like it it it's holding her over for now. Maybe it's a crumb, and that's all she's used to. So that's what she's accepting. She's gone from nothing to some crumbs, and she's eventually going to realize she deserves a meal. But yeah. you know, anyway. um, backing up just real quick to the uh, the whenever they are directly talking with Audrey. Yeah. Um, just wanted to comment on just how well I thought that was done. Like, so fucking emotionally powerful. Obviously, it's because, you know, we have kids that are at a crying age. Sure. 
So like you know you you use you know it's freshly clear what hap- like ha- what kind of reaction your body has when your yeah, child definitely. cries, yeah. But like that specific kind of one of like where they're kind of too old for it, not like too old for it, but like it's not happening every day. But like you can tell that they are a little just bit overwhelmed, of a, yeah, 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 just fucking heartbreaking whenever they are overwhelmed. Like yeah, I, sure. you know, I don't know because what else can you do? Like you're just gonna let her to fucking do that without commenting? I wouldn't think that's an okay path. But like, yeah, I don't know, man. That's it's just, uh, just I, I rarely have I seen something in media that I felt such strong, immediate, like sharp emotions about. It's like whenever she started crying. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I thought it was really well done. the The actor, the girl, like the child actress, is great. Yeah, I, I, you know, the other one doesn't have as much to do. But yeah, I, yeah, I think she's great job. You probably shouldn't let your kids be child actresses. I will give it up to my parents. I did want to like go to I like because they would advertise for auditions and shit like in the paper. Uh, and it's not hard to go to New York. Mm-hmm. My parents were like, absolutely not. Like under no circumstances will you be auditioning for anything. Uh, and I gotta say that I'm I'm very grateful. Just given the way I was, and yeah, I just don't see anything good coming out of that. Yeah. Uh, big up to my parents. We don't say that enough on this podcast. I feel fine about the frequency. <laughs> um, Did you notice the drawing? One of them uh, kind of had either a beard or like burn on the lower part of his face, like in her drawings. No, I. But when you say that, I kind of like half remember that conversation from the first time that i watched it but no i did not notice it there and i didn't notice it myself the first time it wasn't like super obvious but i just noticed it i wish that because my recollection maybe i i don't want to talk about this too much because i'm excited to watch this with with my more experienced eyes i've seen so much more in the show the second and third time watching it than i did the first um but I, it's not like there's a scene where they're like, and this is when we got to your daughter, right? Or his thing? No, <laughs> there's not, no, no, right? no, 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 no. I just, it, it well, bothers me I that mean, they're not more direct about maybe that Maybe figuratively. Stuff. Well, I think it, uh, the point that they make is, it's, she says the other girls like wanted her to. Uh, and I think it's like, what Marty's not seeing is, it's it's the psychosphere, dude. It's like, this is, it's embedded in the community. And it's also like, we this may be you and i figuring out that like maybe the girl isn't even that unusual like maggie doesn't seem that freaked out she's just like we have to talk to her about it and she's she's saying it's like she immediately contextualizes it in terms of all girls exactly and so dude i remember like in preschool well i don't don't want to blow up anyone's spot but uh, (laughs) i had i had a sibling that got in trouble for this for drawing naked pictures Yeah, yeah yeah interesting and I mean, he wasn't like, I mean, not, I'm not identifying it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm kidding. I have one sibling. I know. That's the joke. Yeah, yeah. But like, there's no scene where you found out that something terrible was driving those pictures to be drawn, right? Not at all. You know, it's just, we're in a highly they just sexual all thought culture. It was funny. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it was what she was talking about. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know. I wasn't I there. So. I wasn't in his grade. I'm older. All right. What's up? I feel like, dude, we have, so much more we gotta get more efficient man you gotta stop with the long reading things out loud the six minute clips the detours the arguments the stopping sentences to parse words i'll do my best thank you 
All right. Are we to the box man part? Is that what they're doing next? Yes, yes. Dude, so there. Great little part. Nick Pizzolatto said this in the inside of the episode, but I, I noticed it too. And I I feel like there's like another angle to it. Actually, what are your, what do you think? I, I'm not even sure what you're talking about yet, so please continue. Like when, when they're, they're questioning the guy with the scars that jerks off after he breaks into the houses. Mm-hmm. And uh, Russ is like, I know, son. Like he calls him son twice mm-hmm. and he's literally doing the exact thing he describes at the beginning of the episode. He's an authoritarian vessel for the transference of the suspect's fear and self-loathing. He's effective insofar as he's confident and that like, he's just weaponizing it. Like it's like weaponized. He views religion as like a, a, a mind virus. Like, you know, I think then that his problem is that like, He's he's aware of like he can see what they're doing because he knows all the tricks. Like in yeah. the way that we're talking about, like I know whenever Marty's doing these tricks because these are good tricks. You should right. try them. Right. Um, and we're talking the cunnilingus moves. <laughs> no, no, the <laughs> argument. Um, uh, and uh, he's he can say to himself, like I'm not just doing this willy nilly. I'm trying to prevent the rape and murder of children. Right. And they're just trying to make themselves rich by fucking telling these people they have answers that they don't have. Right. I could see how you would have, like, it's not, I don't think it's hypocritical of him to be mad at the religion. Wait. Okay. I, I wasn't saying it's hypocritical. I just, okay. I'm noting the parallel yeah. that he is. Doing I agree. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. No, that's not. Um, and uh, just the way that, like, you know, like he offers him absolution, like literally. Marty, like him talking, like Marty is saying, uh, I know how to talk to people, like as a contrast. Right. Like it's his point that like Rust is just stumbling around saying dumb shit that alienates people. And it's so interesting to see this, that like he can turn it on of like, it's not like he doesn't know how to talk to people in this setting. In that like, setting, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Marty is happy to admit that Russ knows much better how to talk to people. For sure. And yeah. so, like, it, it kind of gives more, me- like, clear definition to what he's saying whenever he says, I know how to talk to people. Like, in what way? The, it, that question is being answered in this scene some. Yeah. I found it interesting, too. That's the – you're right. This is where Russ can talk to people, but it's also the only time where you can really talk to people where – he's basically completely invulnerable. Yeah. Like you are a cop interrogating a suspect. Like yeah. you, you're not going to be harmed. Did you notice that? The and he dude, does it well with the priest too. Like whenever he's a, or it's not a priest, right? Yeah. They're but not Bert, called priest. Or the minister. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Just whenever, just, you know, standard cop show stuff, but like the guy asks a question, you don't answer the question, you keep it moving and you do it with something sufficiently compelling. Like, you know, he's like, what happened to this girl? He's like, we're going to need to see all the IDs of your people. Like, that's such an escalation that now the priest or the minister is not even thinking about what happened yeah. to this girl. He's thinking about Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going to happen to my people? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, further supporting evidence, he does know how to talk. Did you notice that dude was gut? They, they could have wrapped the case. Like, if they were like, you know, cops who cared about a, putting a ribbon on something or whatever. Like, the dude was going to confess to murdering Dora Lang. Happens all the time. I know. It's just, but did you notice that Russ just, he's like, he just nods it away? Like, that he just looks at Marty, he's like, nah. I and think then, that's like a, defi- like, 
that that to me is like the bare minimum of being a good cop. And these are supposed to be the true detectives. Well, I thought it was like a callback to Russ being like, I never was in the room more than 10 minutes without knowing. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. he definitely knew this guy did not do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then I wonder like, did uh, he, when did he know that he didn't do it? And was it before the confession? You I think he was, I mean, did I think he knew he didn't do that, but he probably knew there's like something like, yeah. didn't want to just let him off. The guy's like, a freak. He, he needs to pay penance for something. But don't all of us kind of have to make our mark once we get in the room? You know what I mean? In the room of consciousness? Don't we have to make our mark? You know what I mean? Aren't we all just kind of like jerking off in a room? I don't think so. All right. I'm glad to hear that. It occurred to me that we might be. <laughs> um uh oh the, the uh I, I recently reread the bill james popular crime books one of my favorite books uh he's just got a little thing in there about uh you know he he's definitely interested in the commonalities in uh injustice like uh-huh. false confessions etc uh-huh. and uh just notes that plenty of times people will be like what do you mean I got it wrong? He confessed to the crime. Yeah. And he's like, anyone who knows anything of what they're doing about cop work knows that that's total fucking bullshit. They intentionally withhold details of every investigation for the express purpose of being able to weed out the false confessions that they know they are going to get. Mm. Is like, like they don't print a, a newspaper story every single time there's a false confession. Right. That stuff is, you know, like if, whenever, when it, when it happens, you don't know about it. Right. But Why like the you? cops know about it. Yeah. And so they know that it happens very frequently yeah. and they have specific processes in place to deal with it. Yeah. So like the idea that someone confessed to something, it just doesn't mean that much. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I, even like that, the kid, if he had confessed, like, he obviously it wouldn't, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. But they might have wrapped it up. The task force might have been happy to. Yeah, but you know, like you could railroad a kid. That's the definition of bad police work. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's the, the false detectives. Exactly. Uh, yeah. All right. What's next? Well, that's uh, when they go on the dates. We've already kind of talked about yeah, that. I don't did. know if you have more to say about it. Um, then, I then do think after that we're into Rianne. I on the synesthesia point, I found it interesting. You know, he tastes alkalis and metals. The whole show is like set up. He's smoking while drinking out of an aluminum can. Mm-hmm. And the first time he described the psychosphere, he said it tastes of aluminum and ash, which I thought oh, was shit. pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I yeah, have yeah. nothing more other than that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. So that's really all I got from that. Uh, I don't think anyone lives on Pelican Island. I looked at it on the map. Okay. No roads. Okay. I think they just chose a random name. Well, it only had a population 300 in 96, you know, and it was two hours away from a public school, so maybe it just, like, blew out. I don't know. I don't either. I don't think anyone ever lived there. Maybe some kind of Native Americans or something. Before we pass the date, dude, you don't have a comment on being drunk in front of Notre Dame, dude? Why do you think he went to Paris? I want to know more about I mean, you could do what's all, going on there. I wonder if there's like a whole show there, probably. Why uh, is he in France? Who knows? He's an interesting guy. That's the kind of thing that makes his date go wild, dude. What? Why was he in France? I must date him again. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. Just but, give him, you know, he's drunk the in front of our amount. mother, dude. Yeah. Just like Steve Grace, he got drunk in, to avoid from connecting with that literal woman that he was dancing with. Mm-hmm. 
you know, because he, he was the one that like threw up in her lap. Yeah. Just found that interesting. Both of them drunk in front of, you know. See, no streets. Damn. Nothing. Or it could be where the streets have no name. I just think, I mean, there is that line there. Yeah. Looking at the satellite image, but I, I'm, I'm just asserting that I don't think that it's a priority to the people on the show to be like hyper real with all the details. I think that's, and I think that's fine. Correct. Yeah, it's fine with me. But in the course of doing the podcast, I think talking about what kind of show we're dealing with is uh, within yeah. the bounds. Within the bounds. Boundaries are good. That's right. Uh, did you notice when Marty says that? He always has like a little grin where he's looking at someone else. He even does it with Charlie Lang. God like when, damn. when Charlie Lang's like. I did not notice that, but that's such a fucking. Like he's like, you know what I'm saying. You rules know I mean? are for like, other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see the value for you. Yeah. Like, yeah. I and mean, he's got that like Woody Harrelson, you know, he's a stinker, dude. He's, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> you gotta love him. It's a great show. Uh, all right. So where are we at? Well, I mean, not, what were we talking about? True detective. I know, but like what scene are we talking about? Uh, I mean, I was saying that, uh, we can move past the dates. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, then Dude, we're we to should talk about the coonhound comment. I have that written down. Okay. That's the next thing I have. Like after the dates. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's tough to talk about race stuff. I think the show does a good job for what it is. And it does a good job of drawing Marty more realistically than they necessarily needed to, you know, in terms of a likable character or whatever. Like, he seems like a little bit racist, but not like cartoonishly, but the way you would think a not, like on the spectrum of racist cops, he's not like the worst one, but it's just kind of there. like Stuff like that, like whether or not, he's wrong to say it or the guy's wrong to be critical is a battle that is raging inside of me constantly. I feel both things fully at once. Yeah. I mean, you like know, on the one hand you ought to care about other people. Yeah, like it's definitely. not impossible for Marty to predict that that kind of careless language could hurt him. And you ought to care whenever you hurt other people. On the other hand, give him a fucking break, dude. You can't figure out what he meant. Like you thought that the you thought the intent of his comment was to fucking use a slur in front of you and like piss you off, or do you think you're being a little prickly about it? Well, he may. Well, see, he may just be like, I can't believe this guy is so tone deaf that he's still using this kind of like. He's like, I, this is unbelievable. Like, you know what I mean? Like, are you, it's 2012, dude. Barack Obama's in the White House. I mean, I don't know the uh, history of the term. May, uh, there's. Ben, lots of well, things. Well, dude, you shouldn't have, use the word. I'm not even going to say it, but you know the word. It means like being penurious or like cheap. N-I-G-G-A-R-D-L-Y. Yeah. I won't say that word. And yeah, I, that, that I would, feels different. I could definitely be like, no, it's not what it means. And you know that it's not what it means. But it's like, bro, you shouldn't say it because of how it sounds. If, and I think it's the same thing. For most of my life, when I have heard that word, I have thought that it was referring to raccoon. And like that maybe is surely is a blind spot of my like experience, you know, but like, I don't know. Uh, So sue me like every single other person in the history of the fucking planet. I overweight my experience. Like it's a pretty common human trait. And that's why we're not, dude, I've gotten corrected. Does that make me a terrible person? No, but I think when you, it's the, the power dynamics slippery in this situation since they're cops and Marty's not. Yeah. Uh, but. And they're interviewing him. Like the camera is on him, not them. Right. 
but in general, I mean, when someone tells me or says something that upsets them, I always, I very, I can't think of a time when I've like been like, I'm going to hurt someone's feelings by using an offensive term. You know what I mean? But it's like, if someone cares enough for whatever reason, I, I understand exactly what you're saying about being like, what the fuck, dude, look at my heart. You know what I mean? But it's like, they have their own experience that is, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, they've had yeah. a lot of people tell them that's not what I meant when it is what they meant also. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. I, no, I mean, I I'm, I'm not on a side like, here. Oh, what I'm saying bad. is that I like, feel both sides hundred percent. Yeah. I think uh, it's hard. I also like the first thing Marty says to that secretary in the first episode, she's like, how do you like your coffee? And mm -hmm. he's like strong and black, just like you. Uh, you can't say that now. It's a, you know, the, the, the defense at the time would have been like, it's a compliment, you know, but it's like, you can't be saying that, you know, and like, I don't know. I feel like that's what that I mean. It's like, I don't know, improvement, if it makes people uncomfortable, I, like that woman did not in 1995 have the option to be like, hey, I don't really like that. You I know. know I mean? Yeah, no, but and, like, and I do. So I, I feel like people are also now having the option taken away of them of be like, I think that it's not taken away. But there is some pressure, I think, on people to like that that you are viewed as if you're doing some kind of betrayal to be like, you know, it didn't really bother me. Actually, I thought it was cool he said it. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I definitely know what you mean there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, it's like I can't I've never been in that position because it's like literally, I haven't either. I probably shouldn't even fucking, you know, well, who I mean, cares what we think about this. It would this. be weird if we No, we're talking about the show. I don't You're right. I think that would be more along my lines of identity politics than yours to be like we don't have room to talk about that aspect of it because we didn't experience it. That is my my number one feeling about all racial issues is that people ought to not value my opinion because I don't see how it's worth much. I think that experience like brings a lot to those. Like, I think that you should value my opinion about things like Excel because it's an experience that I had. I had a lot of it, and like it's a little off. I the think beaten the experience path. of Excel makes it much easier to empathize. Again, would not do the Rawlsian bargain. Like we're privileged. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, I I agree. But like, uh, I just I I'm just saying like. Whatever my like, th whatever components make up the racial opinions I have, like they're certainly there. There's reasons I think these things, yeah. but I just don't know why anyone would give a shit why I think about it. That is my overriding uh, part of like, well, what I do I think about race? I think no one should care what I think because I have care. no relevant experience. Care. I care about everything. I, I mean, I just fucking spent ten minutes talking about my thoughts on yeah. it because I clearly care about yeah. every single thing that comes and through my can, mind. Well, and you can, your gut, you you live in a society that you know had slavery in it until relatively recently mm -hmm. we all have to walk around in the world and you know we we all have you know we're all drinking the same water so to speak and so i think it very much is helpful to think about how you move through the world especially with people whose experience isn't like yours because that's how we relate to each other you know what i mean uh, so I, I think about this shit all the time. I don't talk about it much cause it's easy to put your foot in your mouth. And there I do agree with you. The world is not clamoring for like Alex Stevens answer to like Ta-Nehisi Coates. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, but I do think it's worth commenting on in the show, like, you know, to the extent it's relevant. 
Yeah. Um, no, I thought it was an interesting moment in the show, and I, I, I was interested in your thoughts on it. I, I, I definitely, I had it written down to have the conversation. I, I think the other way the show uses race is the specter of prison sexual assault, which is way more pernicious. And Marty does that all the time. You think he's using race that way? Yeah. Like when you're talking about sending someone to Angola, you're threatening them and the person is white. Yes, that's a racially tinged threat. I think white people rape other white people in jail. I would, they do, but Angola is like a, it, it's like a plantation, dude. It's I'm slavery. familiar, but like, there's white inmates there too. I know, but it's I'm we can. I, I, it's maybe, a pretty considerable escalation in this in prison culture, is my understanding for a one member of a race to attack a member of another race. That's like a. I was well, recently watching an Excel student talk about this, and I hope to one day play the video whenever we're done. Like it's not related to True Detective at all, but I would like to bring it up at some point. But uh, in it, he, he lays down that if you got a problem with another white, you can do that all day. That's, like, that's not going to cause a giant thing. If a white person, a black person, a white person, a Mexican person, whatever, yeah. uh, then it's like the entire group is then involved. Like a white person is yeah, going yeah, to come yeah, to yeah. another white person's defense universally. Yeah, so in jail. So if uh, rape is going to occur in Angola, I think that it would be a simpler matter if it were a member of your own race. I mean, in this episode, they say blood's caught bird in the shower and bloods aren't typically white. Ooh, you're right about that. That's and good supporting evidence. In the first episode, when Marty is dogging Charlie Lang for being in a voils, which he insinuates is like a bitch-ass jail. Yeah. He's like, I know about Angola. I'm surprised you even have Aryan Nation here, which to me is like, you know, a racially tinged contrast. Yeah, but uh, that would imply that they have a lot of Aryan Nation in Angola. Which oh, I'm not suggesting me. they don't. I, well, dude, if you're in a prison that's 85%, you know, black people and the racial dynamics are the way that you just described, like you're going to click up your Aryan Nation homies pretty quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't disprove. I think Angola is considered to be like the epicenter of the prison industrial complex, the racialized, like, you know, slavery by another name. Like when I think of that whole, the new Jim Crow, yeah. you know, that concept, yeah. Angola is like fucking where Sauron lives. Yeah. Like, yeah, and for it's sure. like, it affects, I, I, I don't know the stats on how many, like the actual racial composition of Angola, but. I think you'd call it like, you know, they if someone need, tried to make the argument that it was the worst prison in America, I, I'm sure they could make the argument. I, I've, I think I've heard that argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or I've heard that assertion. This guy said it was L.A. County. Haven't been to either. He's, he said he'd been to four. And he said L.A. County jail was worse than a prison? Yeah. Because usually it seems like they contrast prison is worse than jail. Like, you but know you can I mean? see how L.A. County might be different. For sure. Yeah. yeah. But then it's like, but aren't they then going to like fucking Cal, you know, Chico State or like whatever? Pelican Bay, dude. Yeah, he's saying LA County's worse than that? Or he hasn't gone to those? I don't know. Let's call him up. Could we have him? No. I don't even know who you're talking about. So. All right. You seen True Detective? Did you think? All right, yeah, where are we? Okay. So we got the rules. Fuck Marty is all that. Is that all you got for me? Is that's the next scene. I'm just reading my notes at this point. What do you mean? Well, so I have the, you know, the comment, the racial discussion. Uh-huh. Marty saying the rules describe things. That's the same interview, I think. And then the next thing I've written down is the phrase, fuck Marty, is that all you got for me, which is him at Dario's apartment. So I'm just taking us to the next scene. Okay. That's all. You got anything on it? 
No. I do think all she has for him is fuck Marty. Like literally, yes, that is all she has for him. That he wants those low expectations of like being 19. She's barely, nine, you know, over 19. He's like, fuck Marty. Is that all? Yes, that's all she has. Like that's kind of Maggie's point too. You know what I mean? His ceiling is like, I want to fuck, you know, I don't know. That's all. Uh, oh, so then when Maggie calls Rust and she's like, where is he? Do you think she wants him to cover? Like, do you think she wants a lie or do you think she wants, like, does she really want Russ to be like, yeah, he's, he's at fucking, what's her names? Probably. There's no case. I think a hundred percent she wants, like, she wants the Russ to be on her. So like, she kind of views this as she's in a battle against Marty and there are two sides and she is the, the biggest thing she wants in the world is for Russ to pick her side. But do you think it'd be a validation of her? What would that look like? Like, what do you think she wants to say? Yeah, 100%. Like, to say exactly what Marty doesn't want him to say, which is he's cheating on you. Yeah. And here's the address. Is there any other details I can help you with? Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Would you do do that to one of your boys? I just hope to never be in the position. No, I wouldn't, but I'd feel terrible about it. I don't want to lie to people. I hate, you know me, dude. I hate I lying to you. people. You do hate lying to people. You're like, yeah, that is true. It makes me trust you less, how honest you are. It's fair enough. Like, seriously. <laughs> uh, the uh, Not on this aspect, though. I want to be clear. My wife will listen to this episode. I <laughs> am not saying I trust TC less, you know, with Marty problems. Well, what have. did you mean? That was the interpretation <laughs> I took. No, dude, I mean, just in general. Uh, like, I've thought about, like, just in telling you different things, or especially, like, you know, to the extent my future plans may involve litigation, you know? Uh, like, if you would join my religion, like I asked you to, we could maybe have a privilege. But since you rejected that offer... You know, I, I, I mean, like I would, you know, TC could, could be compelled if it was like you were going to get a million dollars. If I said something, regardless of what the thing is, I would say what? you would tell the truth no matter <laughs> yeah. what, because you're a credible witness. Of course, I would. <laughs> Absolutely. Would. whatever, dude. Yeah. Thank you. Let's is <laughs> No one can question his. If he were ever to testify in anything, he's truthful. He respects the truth. Certainly under oath. I mean, we're having fun on a podcast, obviously. But you would tell the truth under oath, right? I think it'd be foolish for anyone to take a podcast seriously. I agree. Let's move on. Uh, anyway, I just asked that. It, I don't want to get too far into it. But let's put a pin in You fucking in that. lawyers just get worried about everything, dude. That's our job. Uh, it's, it shouldn't be anyone's job. Your job is to find, job. I, to find a, the best way to live that will make you happy the most. Yeah, for and sure. you guys sure. hate doing it. I agree. You dude. find ways to be unhappy. Well, Terrible dude, profession. Let's play the Batman clip, dude, because I think that it's relevant now. Hey. Mm-hmm. Music's so fucking good. It sounds like a machine. Like yeah, it the does. Fucking the mm-hmm. machine's coming mm-hmm. for you. Yeah, they're yeah, going. Yeah. They're going. They're driving into the belly of it. In fact, can we start over? It's only five seconds. I want to. I want to hit that again. Hey. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Mm-hmm. Think, man can love two women at once. I mean, interesting question. Be in love with them? I don't think that man can love. At least not the way that he means. 
The inadequacies of reality always set in. There's pipelines covering up this coast like a jigsaw. The place is going to be underwater in 30 years. You think... You wonder ever... You're a bad man? No, I don't wonder, Morty. The world needs bad men. We keep the other bad men from the door. Awesome. Incredible. Yeah. I I don't necessarily... I mean, I guess it depends. I was thinking... Like, not in terms of the show, but in terms of, you know determining the universal truth does the world need bad men like that's not really a response like to keep the other bad men from the door like if there are no bad men then who are the bad men at the door exactly. like he's saying it's inevitable right but like yeah. i'm saying any world where it's inevitable is a flawed world and i think that whoever made it should have done a better job i know you think that yeah uh i think yeah it's interesting because it's literally what marty does last episode he uses the specter of a bad man to tell Dario that she has to stay home. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's universal. The dudes in charge are always like, these other guys are worse and we're, we're helping you out. Yeah. The Tuttles do it too. I mean, it's, it oh, is yeah. the notion of government. They're just like, we're the worst, you know, the other criminals are worse. Uh, but I think there's so much going on there. Like, first of all, Rust is kind of being addicted. Marty is actually struggling here. And moralizing Rust, you know, looking out for Maggie or whatever, why doesn't he actually have this conversation? He knows what Marty's getting at. He knows exactly. They've talked about it before. Why doesn't he actually be like, no, Marty, I don't. Are you talking, not not the way you're talking about you and Maggie. Like he knows what he's doing. And Marty seems to be like open more to Rust's point of view here. And Rust just blows by him. And I wonder what's that, what that's about. Like, I think he's pretty contemptuous of Marty in this regard. I, yeah, uh, I think the last thing he wants is for Marty to agree with him and be like, you know what? I come around to all your way of seeing things. Yeah. Like, I think he's defining himself as, you know, like, not Marty, right? And even, yeah, I think so. But, like, what, okay, if, if a man can't love, then why is Marty bad for cheating on Maggie? Like, well, there's still, like, that's... Like in in Russ, I, I don't... I, like what he's saying there, uh, I think, and I mean, I, I'm thinking this because there's a the the first essay in uh, Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs, the uh, the the, the Cl- Chuck Klosterman's first big book, is uh-huh. uh, talking about like the idea of like you know that uh, because of the things because it's elementary enough, like the media is feeding you a narrative of what your life ought to be, and like uh, no one's life is actually that way, including the, those of the people making it. So like. None of us are going to be happy like that. That's what I think. That's what Rust is saying. Like that. Like the, whatever your idea of love is is based on a series of non-real examples that like could not be achieved. In so like, are you ever going to like uh, the example Chuck uses is a uh, Lloyd Dobler in uh, uh, Say I Anything? I know the movie. I know yeah. that that character is in a movie called Say Anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pl- plays the but I mean, like, box. That's all you yeah, need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and fucking, uh, no one's ever been like that. You know, it's a fucking movie. Like, uh, 
And so he's saying, like, you're never going to be like her Lloyd, like, because no one is, because that's not how the world works. And so, like, that's, that's what you're asking. But them. that's not what your definition He says, can he love two people? And he's like, well, you can't love anyone. When he was saying you can't love anyone, like, I think that's what he's saying. Yeah, but what's your definition? Marty's what like, do you think he's saying? Marty's trying to be like, I'm trying to figure out what, how I relate to my wife. That's very clear what he's trying to get at. And Russ is just hitting him with a fucking tr- truism. A rustism. You know what I mean? Like, help him with his marriage, dude. Be his friend. If you actually care about this marriage, you know, the way he's always making his little comments and, like, the way he's talking to Maggie, you know what I mean? He, he's like... But you know he doesn't want... I know. That, I'm just call, okay. I'm just bringing it to the okay. fore. That's what I'm saying. Like, Rust is not exactly Mr. Moral here. Uh, he's kind of letting Marty I flounder. mean, two seconds later, he says he's a bad man. What do you want from him? True, true. But I, I think in, that's not what he meant. But that is a good point. Uh, the reason I said play it now is that I literally, that's like what's got me jacked up to get back into litigating is just now suing guys who I consider bad men without changing the fact that I consider myself to be one. Yeah. You know, I want to get back in the box. I want to take depositions. I want to, you know what I mean? Like, so like watching that, I was like, absolutely, dude. I, you, you don't want a nice guy lawyer when you're suing your boss. You know what I mean? You want a guy that used to work for your boss and knows all the tricks. Uh, and so I was like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bad man. Uh, I love that, dude. I I want that to happen. That sounds fucking awesome. Oh, it's happening, baby. Yeah. Oh, I mean, definitely. I just can't wait. Yeah, yeah That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. We're going to have some fun. Uh, but uh, I do think the bad men, you know, whether the world is flawed because we have them, People can, you can be a good man for your family and a bad man for other people. You know what I mean? Or a good person for your species and bad for other creatures on the earth or something. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, for sure. I don't know. I guess I'll just stop saying that over and over again. We, but okay. Uh, I meant to uh, play this other clip. It's out of sequence now, but uh, who cares? It's important enough to play, I think. Let's do it. Unless you have other stuff to say about this one. Nah. Okay. I've noticed you have a tendency toward myopia. This is whenever they're eating the banh mi. Yeah. And uh, Rust is saying, this is whenever he's floating the idea that you were talking about earlier of uh, what if we just go look for every dead body that's ever come up in Louisiana. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, Marty's getting a little tired of the fact that they can't hand this case off. And, like, he just doesn't see any way this is going to work with the bosses. Right. Is this is just Rust asking him to like just take a bunch of pain without Marty seeing any upside, right? Right. Um yeah. and so he's he's annoyed at that. And I think that he also just like I think he legitimately believes the points about uh it's a bad investigative technique to bend evidence to a conclusion. Yeah, I think so. And also just be aware that your narrative's developing as you develop a case so that you can keep your mind open, you know. Mm-hmm. But obviously they both are struggling. Yeah, well, you know, that's Russ's point. No vision. Blows investigations. Vision skews. Twists evidence. You're... You're obsessive. You're obsessive, too. Just not about the job. What's he mean by that? Pussy. I guess, yeah. Play the rest of it. That seems like a fucking cheap shot. Because he's like, I keep it separate. Even keel. Like, I think that's what he's like. Yeah, don't worry about me. You know. Yeah, it just, it seems like the last time he went that directly at Marty about it, Marty threw him up against the locker. 
Yeah, but that was coming right after, you know what I mean? Like, it was just, it was the, in the, he was coming right in afterwards. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I, it seems like a cheap shot that I'm not sure is entirely accurate. Obsessive? Like, any more so than most people? I mean, yeah. Like, I guess that all fucking dude, how can you are... Ex- yeah, dude, I feel like... I cut you off. Go ahead. Just most males seem to rank it as a pretty big priority. I don't think that Marty's, like, the craziest one I've ever met. Right, but most males are not kicking down doors of their side piece, you know, because they saw them at a bar with a dude, like, late at night. Yeah, I just don't even see that as about the relationship. Yeah, but it's still the obsession with controlling, you know, it's like he's, again, it's a symptom, dude. But I I think that... Yeah, if your response to me had been Marty's obsessed with control, I would have just agreed and we'd... Well, I think it's a function of his obsession with control. Yeah, I can see that. It's it's a way he gets to... It's a way he gets to feel in control, I think. Yeah, no, uh, I don't even remember who said this one. Um, I think I used to know, but the, you know, fucking... Everything is about sex except sex, which is about power. Yeah, Kissinger. Okay. What a freak. Go. Well, yeah. anytime that guy had sex, he had to have been like, this is not about sex. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. The guy looks like he's been microwaved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for him, it probably wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tough lot in life. Me, brother, I keep things even, separate. Like the way I can have just one beer without needing 20. People incapable of guilt usually do have a good time. Try not to be too hard on myself. That's real big of you. You know the real difference between you and me? Yeah. Denial. The difference is that I know the difference between an idea and a fact. You are incapable of admitting doubt. Now, that sounds like denial to me. I doubt that. Funny. They're just really, they're going back and forth. Yeah. Two, two rapier sharp wits. I wish we could pop like that, dude. I'm doing my best. It happens like once every 10 episodes. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. a clever rejoinder. Yeah. Not this one. Um, <laughs> uh Fucking, uh, I, I hate, you know, I, I feel like over the course of the show, certainly in this viewing, I see that Marty does have, like, good points, but for the second time this episode, I just feel like Rust is kind of rubbing the floor with him. I agree in this one, yeah. I mean, Rust is kind of incapable of doubting his own pronouncements. I, I think Marty made that point with the stone tablet point earlier, and he got it in here, too. But, but I think it yeah, both of the like I'll score this round for Russ. I think that he's wrong about the like whether like as I established, I I think that he's wrong about uh you know Russ not being able to judge people as pieces of shit. I think that he's pretty straightforward there. And then I think that Russ <clears> is <throat> figuring out the difference between an idea and a fact. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I he's like what what else are we supposed to do? Have no ideas about the case? Like sure. just it could have been anyone, unless I have the fucking blood at the crime scene, then yeah. I guess we just can't solve this. You yeah. have no ideas, Marty. Yeah. And I mean, he's saying, like, it's okay to have ideas, just don't treat them as facts, but it seems to me like he just doesn't like people having ideas. I don't hear all about a whole bunch of his. Oh, he came up with the idea. Yeah, right no, he's got the one for the fucking, uh, the, the guy that has balls cut off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's growing a little bit, but I don't disagree with your 
your categorization, your yeah. characterization. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> Sorry. We're almost at the end of the episode, right? I just don't want to, you know, we can't hit the four hour mark without discussing like the way the episode actually ends. Okay. Uh, although I thought we were doing worse than we were, or, you know, I thought we were for, I thought we were at like three hours and 50 minutes and I did the thing. My bad. What? We say the time of the podcast on the podcast. Yeah, no, it's okay. Amateur hour. Um, no, so, I mean, I, I do it. So, uh, so now they go out to Pelican Island. Is that where we're at? Yeah, they go. They talk to the grandpa. Yeah. Uh, he gives them the name of Reggie Ledoux. Yeah. They run the APB on Reggie. And Le- the yearbook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. run the, the, or they don't call it an APB. They put out the APB after. They, whatever check on, hey, what can you tell me about Reggie Ledoux? They well, find out that he's involved in the production of LSD and crystal meth and that he was Charlie Lang's Right, but, and where are they when they find that out? They're at the, the closed Tuttle school that was shut down by the hurricane. Yes. Talking to? The guy, yeah, and I know. I can't believe I just skipped that too. It's like so, Pelican Island. <laughs> it's like, bro. Well, that no, the I mean, Pelican Island appears first chronologically. Oh, it is. You're right. My bad. My yeah. bad. Withdrawn. It's late. Yeah, no, it's pretty much the last thing that happens is the show yeah. on the guy. I don't remember how he comes back in, but the second he was on the screen, I was like, oh, it's. Him. Oh no, that's a different guy. That's a different guy. Yeah, yeah. So when they go to the school, the guy mowing the lawn is Errol Childress. That's what I'm saying. That's who I'm talking about. Oh, but the guy at the end of the episode is in the gas mask is re- okay. Yeah, agree. I know all this. I thought you just said something completely different. I was saying things like guy and him. It was not clear, but okay. that is the understanding hey. I had in my head. Okay, I was not communicating it efficiently. You event we got there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Where Marty was like, not a hint of feeling in the man, yet he kept the box of stuff. Man, that's the feeling, man. You know what I mean? That's sentimentality, dude. It, yeah. It just, I don't know. It, it felt weird to me. Uh, I don't know what to make of that. Yeah. I don't know I what just, that line's doing. Well, the guy was cold. Like, and he was basically talking like Russ, dude. He was like, everybody got them big plans thinking they going to be something. Yeah. Russ no, it, it was this. It was clear to me that he was expressing Russ's worldview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't sound pretty. I mean, like, he's talking he, about his he own family. He also notably had a fucking family member lost. You yeah, know? yeah, like, yeah. No mystery how one comes to this viewpoint. Well, and it didn't sound like the rest of them were like that great either. Like they're all, I mean, not that it makes you bad to live in different places, but the way he was talking about them, you know? Yeah. Uh, I I think it makes you bad or someone's bad if uh, you're not like positive where your daughter is. Like one of you did something wrong. Yeah. But Russ doesn't know where his mom is. It seems to me like someone did something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's. Same point, yeah. Uh, when he was like done drowned, I was like, is that a caricature of a Cajun uh, dialect? But I actually don't know enough to judge that. I think that it's good because uh, just the, the, the voice in general, it was it seemed pretty legit. Fucking nailed. Uh, I watch a lot of Cajun, there's a Cajun TikTok account that I'm, uh, I'm into. It's, okay. it's just a guy that does uh, like recipes. Like he explains oh, you know, like his jambalaya recipe. Dude, you reminded me of a little Cajun kid. I listened to the IJB with Dan. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And you said something like, when the Lord wants me, he'll take me or like something like that. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you ever see the the wife swap, that show? The Like the one with the devil worship, like she's dark sided, like 
Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure it's know. that one. It might not be that one. But anyway, there was one with like a little Cajun kid that obviously they swapped with like a, you know, upper middle class, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were just horrified by the amount of like fried foods this little like seven-year-old was consuming. <laughs> and yeah. the kid just goes, when the good Lord wants me, the good Lord take me. And it's like literally <laughs> what you said. I was dying. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that, shout it out. I get it. <laughs> um, that's how I feel. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, did you notice Marty big time in that? It's just in my notes. It's a kind of an observation, but like last episode, Marty's like, he's not fired his gun and he kind of looks like a bitch in front of his daughters. And now that in the interview, he's like, Hey man, you ever done it? Then don't talk to me. I, uh, I did not know that, but that is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Absolutely. (laughs) Like, you know, like, us fraternity and folks. Me? Yeah. <laughs> you could learn a lot if you'd yeah. been through as much as me. Yeah. Just big dick and dude. I mean, that's always how it is. <laughs> yeah, of course, dude. I did that once as a lawyer on a kind of case that I had not been on, but I could tell the other guy had never done it too. <laughs> and I, like, I never told him I had done them. Yeah. But I, I, I was like, is this your first one, man? <laughs> I was like, it's okay. You can tell me, dude. Like, let me tell you how these work. <laughs> That's great. You see, that's yeah. the kind of thing that I just can't. Well, it's like Ross says, it's, the it's a good tool. Dude. You like you're you're better to have it. I think. I mean, I did feel a little bit like, well, you know, I didn't feel that bad, dude. You yeah, gotta, you gotta. He was trying to be a bad bragging man. about it now. I, I do feel it. Yeah, I'm bragging about it. Uh, okay, so I think we gotta I do talk think about the general. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Just uh, setting aside my points about uh, Pelican Island specifically and how I don't think that people live there. Um, yeah. Do you like just that that part, like the the part of Louisiana? Like I, I don't know how it works. I've never been south of New Orleans, mm-hmm. uh, but fucking, I it would not surprise me if all of the various little parts that are like barely above sea level or probably are below sea level, but above the water. Uh-huh. Uh, like if, if the people that were like thinking are like most of the shows happening, like around Lafayette, right? I think so. Like yeah. new Iberia is or uh, E-Rath is outside of Lafayette. Yeah. The hospital um, is Lafayette in the end. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I would expect based on having total ignorance of the situation here, that uh, the people of Lafayette, who we regard as like barely residing in the same country as us, not in any kind of like derogatory There's way. There's a kid out of Excel from Lafayette, dude. I, His family like grew rice. But you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. They were like that. Yeah. I mean, they were rich as shit. Yeah. Know, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, you know, my uh, good friend's uh, wife's family is all oh, yeah, from right. there. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I interact with that. You know, I've, I've, I've met them. And uh yeah, I think it's great. I mean, that's why I follow the TikTok. Uh, I, I I say that like they're different in a way. Like I love differences, and I am adoring of the ways they're different. But they're extremely fucking different. And then I bet, without knowing anything, that they look at the people like down there as like you want to talk about crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think and, that's, that's, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just I just wish there was some like it seems well, like it'd be weird to take a deuce. vacation. Yeah, yeah, that's right, too. It would be weird to take a vacation down there. Yes. <laughs> I wish there was some way that I just got to, like, experience it in my life. All right. Just we get a real feel for life. 
life in the area. I hope I want that for you. Thank you. <laughs> I'd love to hear about it. Yeah. Secondhand. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't go? To, you're not you're not interested in I uh, mean the bond meat looks good. Burris and Grand Isle. I'm just looking at a map. Cut off. No, none of that's for me, man. I'd love to go to cut off. I dude. like New Orleans. Yeah, no, we we all we all do rightly like New Orleans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> all right, man. Wait, that's it, dude. That's it. God damn. No, you can do whatever you want, dude. Well, I don't pick well, when the episode ends. It's a I consensual say, dude, thing. Well, we can put aside. Russ has yeah. one one more monologue about like the nature of death and the monster at the end of the tunnel. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You know, if you've watched the show, I'm sure you have thoughts about it. We don't have time to get into it. I do think it it is very important for the end of the show because, you know, it has to do with like facing your fears and all of that. I do think the monster at the end of the show for Russ, you know, he says like every tale there's a monster at the end. He so does say that. What's the monster for him? I think it's love, dude. That's the real thing he has to face. Is it's not fucking the yellow king or whoever. You know what I mean? Anyway, but it's because it's scary because you can lose it. No, it's just the thing he's been running from. That, well, why like, is he running from it? Because it hurt him. Because he lost it? I mean, I think so. Yeah. In a way. Or he thought he did. He lost a version of it. And he thought he, you know, I don't know. We'll talk about it, I'm sure, like, going on. Uh, Reggie Ledoux, dude. Great shot. Iconic shot. One of the only uses of a freeze frame, I think, in the show. Uh, and worth it. Uh the, did you notice in the foreground of the shot, there's one of the dream catchers? I did that not notice that. Yeah, I, I, this was the first time I had noticed it uh, today. Uh, pretty cool. And then the only other thing I wanted to say was with the mask that he's wearing at the end. Mm-hmm. So Pizzolatto said in the, inside the episode, it was inspired by those like long masks the old timey plague doctors would wear. Sure, okay. Uh, but I was also thinking like, it kind of can represent consciousness because that's what the whole episode is kind of saying is like, it's this filter that like, yeah. you know, makes you have this skewed view of the world. We're kind of all walking around in gas masks. And I think whenever Russ talks about, uh, whenever he uses the words locked room, he's referring specifically to your head. Yeah. It's, it's literally something covering the head. Yeah. So I thought, I don't know, you know, they didn't say that in the inside of the episode. That's what they were getting at or whatever. But I do think it like works as kind of a cap off to the whole show. I agree. We're all just a deranged meth head wandering around naked with a mask on, like skewing our reality. That's how I feel. Definitely. All the time. (laughs) For sure. So I think that that's, that's what I got. Cool, man. Good app. I, uh, I look forward to talking with the, uh future episode with you all right another one in the books why are you laughing as if was that you don't look forward to it i do look forward to it you're laughing you're smiling as if you don't i'm not allowed to smile you're You're allowed to smile -smile? i'm pro smile usually well we'll see next week if tc was really looking forward to the episode or not